Internet, this episode is brought to you by Bevel, the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse curly hair and sensitive skin. Mrs., you know what? Right off the bat, people who have been hearing Bevel on podcasts, you know, it, it, it's a beautiful thing that they believe in podcasts and want to connect with the community. Right. Because they wh- know the community has that coarse, curly, natural hair that is not the focus of other shaving companies. Yeah, but even more so, you know, I know Tristan Walker and the whole Bevel team. Shout out to them. Great people. I know that they, you know, it's a black-owned product. Um, and, and, and I think sometimes people say, like, oh, it's for black people only. Listen, I'm Italian. I shave with that thing. I'm talking about, like, smoother than a baby's ass. Pause. And I'm excited to try it on my cha-cha. I mean, listen, it, that's why we got the package for you. And internets can get the package. Head on over to getbevel.com. That's G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L.com. Use the code PETE. That's P-E-T-E. And you get 20% off. 20%? Yeah. That's amazing. That's like saving a bunch of money by switching to PETE. Most definitely. Now... Let's get to the show. Ow. Come on, everybody, get set, let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up, it's the Premium Pete Show. If you want to scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show, cause Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. Miss Listen no. it's the Premium Pete Show. A nigga never been as broke as me. I like that. When I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes in the gray, the one I wore on Monday. And Wednesdays, while niggas flirt, I'm sewing tigers on my shirt and alligators. You want to see the inside? I see you later. Uh. Here comes the drama. Oh, that's the nigga with the fake bow. Why you punch me in my face? Stay, Stay in, in your, your place. place. Play your position. Here come my intuition. Go in his nigga's pocket. Rob him while his friend's watching and mm. hoes clocking. Here comes respect. His crew's your crew or they might, might be, be next. next. Look at they man eye. Big man, they never try. So we roll with him. Stole with him. I, I mean, mean loyalty. loyalty. Niggas brought me milks at lunch the milk, milk was chocolate, chocolate. The, the cookies, cookies was butter, butter crunch, crunch. Uh, listen the cookies were butter crunch the milk was chocolate does it get any better than that no sky's and, the limit unless you go into mikey likes it mikey likes it he wasn't around when he had the ice cream flavor called sky's the limit he did and it was official and it had and, it milk the milk was chocolate chocolate and, and, ice cream and the cookies was butter crunch. yes that's my shit Not nah, most definitely but uh it was it, it was definitely uh you know, an official ice cream he made, but he was he was just a thought back when Sky's the Limit came out, maybe. No, not really. He wasn't a thought. He was around. Just a young boy, you know? Who? Mikey. Yeah, I mean, no. He, Wait. Yeah, he was a young Mikey. Nah, he was... He was His name was Mikel at that time. It wasn't Michael? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, he had to grow into Michael. Oh, he, so he started out with a hood name, and now he's using his, his regular... Mikel's, like, I think, like he's a Russian his, name, I think. He's using his house nigga name now? Michael. No, I mean, I, I didn't say that. You, you did. said his name was Mikel, but I, he never said that. Anyway, we, Internet, we welcome back him. to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Al, how y'all doing? Listen, knows. listen uh, Tommy, man, that was a fucking great get. You know, the reason why I felt like it was a great get was, one, is uh, we're fans of power and so are so many others. I'm a big fan. Second, uh, you know, they came off the height of somebody getting whacked, Holly. You know, a uh, great show, you know, and, and for him to show up on our show at that time, it was it, it was dope. It was the right timing and everything, you know. And he dropped some amazing, like, information on us, things that we didn't know, like, about the Brooklyn Bridge, yeah, like, that, the that permit, paying, paying uh, all, like, $40,000. And I'm still stuck on the part that he may not make it through season four. 
Yeah, you never know with these guys, though, because it's like, you know, they may sign a contract next year or, you know, you never know what they know. You know, I know that NDAs have a lot to do with things, but, you know, hey, listen, I could see Tommy getting hit off. His know? character has been doing the absolute most, and this last episode I mean, was, was so good. You know, the last episode with Lobos, it reminded me of fucking Sopranos when they were in the, with the Russian in the, in the uh, what was it called, the Pine Barrows? They went to go kill the Russian, they fucking... They messed up. It was. I was like, "What the fuck are they doing?" I are never watched the panels, but that Let me tell you part. Something. This is what you need to do. And internet's not only Miss Lisa. If you've never seen Sopranos, right, and you're a fan of like shows like Power and and and, and stuff like that, even though the similarities ain't like the mob, but the origin is is definitely yeah the Goonie story. Yeah, most definitely. And listen, I'm telling you right now, if you've never seen Sopranos, I'm not going to judge you. But if I ask you this question in 2017. And you haven't seen Sopranos? I'm going to fucking whack you when I see you. So you think that we should veg out and... Sopranos, yeah. If you never seen Sopranos? Sopranos... Here's the thing. Don't... Is it on Netflix? Uh, no, no. Not... Is it? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it's on Netflix. But listen, here's the thing. Internet's... In this day and age, I don't want you to get, you know, I think some people are afraid to tell other people that they haven't seen something. Like on Twitter, I may, I may say, like, what's your favorite mom movies or, or Godfather? It may not be the greatest, all of them, because some of them aren't the greatest. Like, you know, every Godfather wasn't the greatest to me, but some are essential. And you have to watch them all for, uh, for you know, for the culture. You have to watch them. But in my mind, some people say, like, yo, Pete, uh, you know, um, i never seen Godfather. And instead of me saying, like, what the fuck? I'm like, yo. Just put that on your to-do list. <laughs> because because you have to, like, like, I feel like you could understand a lot more if you watch Sopranos. I have a confession. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. I still want to be black after this. i never seen Malcolm X. Really? I've never. You should... I've seen a piece. You piece, a piece of shit. Before he put the, the, the perm on. Oh, okay, okay. And then I kind of, like... I'll be honest Didn't with you. Didn't finish watching it. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to even look at you for the rest of this fucking episode. <laughs> I'm going to put some sunglasses on. I feel on. like part of it has to do a lot with the fact that I we know what happened at the end. And when the movie came out, I was really, really young. Like, I was too young to understand how important. But now that I am old enough, I still haven't seen it. So I'm taking that blame. But well, I've th- never seen it. What you movie. need to do is go and take some time and go check it out so you can get that off your mind. That you know that you already seen it, and I've never seen the whole menace to society. Well, I don't really like hood tales. Why don't you? I feel like okay, so I'm definitely the kind of person that feels like art imitates life, life imitates art, and certain things you watch put certain thoughts into your brain, and it changes your energy. So I just like to watch. Like I'm not opposed to those, but I don't really like too much violence. So I don't really watch so many movies like that. Why you don't like? people getting killed no but how do you, i mean no no what do you Early like, on like in my love life, stories i like comedies okay. like i even said that when just blaze was here um i'm not so you really, like to laugh i really like to laugh i i'm kind of i'll do like a little i'm not really into like romance type of movies either i like suspenseful movies and i do like mafia movies that's the weird part like i, I don't mind a mafia movie but i'm not really here for okay the i'm gonna school you and the rest of the internet can listen uh if if you've seen some then good if not then get in where you fit in and and check these out internet's a must is to see is a bronx tale so many life gems yeah. so many stories so much to learn from that i the only, one of the biggest things about a bronx tale i wish that uh, uh i still could do is the door test on girls but, you know, we have automatic doors. It's kind of hard for a girl to... So I, for those who don't know, you know, they say that you let a girl in, you know, that you open the door for her and you let her in. 
And if she doesn't, when you about to go, go around to go to the driver's seat, from the back window, you got to look. And if she doesn't bend over to open your door, then you got to get rid of that bitch. I love that movie. And I like, I still do that. So if I like a guy. Yeah. I don't have to. I'll open it. Like, Wait, you're I'll hanging out with guys that have fucking uh, cars. Well, not cars. No, I mean, like, like roll, rolled up windows no, like, and shit and power doors. The Un- test wasn't to roll the window. The test is to see if she's going to unlock the door. I take it a step further with these new cars. I'll open it like a little pocket. Really? Open yeah, the door? I like you. Look at that. Pop it so open. So you're the type of girl that when you pull off the pants, the panties come off with it, too. I hate the girls that, you know, got it. Okay, I'm, I don't want to be uh, sexist already, but. No, you don't wear no panties? <sighs> Okay, so anyway, internet, um, you're going to make it. Listen, internet, slide back in Miss Lissa's DMs, okay? <laughs> Do not slide in my DMs. Oh, and- oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Actually, I want to give a shout out because let me tell you something, man. I Like four I, people. I, no, no. First of all, happy birthday. Your Thank birthday you. was two days ago, three days ago. Three. Um, you know, happy birthday. Blessings to you. Another spin around the world. Ow. And what I'm really happy about is that I told Internet last week because you sounded a little bit confused with men. <laughs> and I was like, Internet, listen, Miss Lisa, shut the fuck up. Uh, holla at her because she looks like she may need someone to hang out with. Yo, I was so happy when you sent me <laughs> a message from home, from somebody that said, yo, she had put this on Twitter. She wrote, it says, yo, Miss Lisa, just wanted to holla at you since Pete said it's open season. Just let me know whenever you're in Sweden. We should hook up. I'm a nice white boy with good manners. Great job with the show. If Take care. Knows. Yo, whoever this is, shout out to you. Shout out to Sweden. Shout out to Sweden, man. Um, and, um, yo, keep on going in uh, Miss Lisa's DMs. I, I know a lot of people that, that want to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But anyway, anyway. Back uh, to the movies. Back to the movies. Internets. Bronx Tale. Goodfellas. Donnie Brasco. I love these movies. I mean, I go off Mafia, Reservoir Dogs, Casino. Yes. Okay. Boys in the Hood? Boys, yeah, boys. I've never hood. seen that either. Yeah, but I'm talking about lie. I'm talking about mafia time. I, I, oh, I can start okay. going to Paid in Full Belly yeah. or that. That, of course, of course, those I love, of course. But you got to see Goodfellas. If you've never seen Goodfellas right now and you're listening to this, please put that on your to do list. Thank me later because the culture would appreciate you more when you are knowledgeable in these fucking movies. What do you feel like people learn from watching Goodfellas? They listen. They learn that people are rats. They learn. That people will tell you not to rat on your friends, but they will. This is 2016, so I mean, I just feel like it was a timeless movie. Okay. You know, and I and, and one thing I like, I like when they depict mafia, and they don't make us look like uh, uh, the Italians, particularly, don't make us look like fools. Like it was a movie. Like keep in mind, this movie was made so many years ago. It wasn't a movie where it was like, "Hey, Joey, bada bing, what do you want a bagel? <laughs> want a fucking slice?" It wasn't like that. Right. It it had it had so much charisma to it. I mean, Martin Scorsese directed. I mean, he this guy was ahead of his time when he did this shit. Internet's whatever. There's a lot of fucking. You want to know any other movies? Listen, okay. Goodfellas, Bronx Tale, um, Donnie Brasco, Casino, and The Godfather. Okay, all of them. Okay, all of them ain't great, but watch them all. <laughs> it's worth a view. If you've never seen any of those, then then then, then don't talk to me until you're done. And okay, if you have, holler at me this week on Twitter and let me know which one is your favorite. Yeah, and, holler and th- at him. Spark up his DMs. Moisten his no, 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 message I'm, box. I'm, listen, I got a nice Trinidadian woman. I'm happy. I got my son. I got my daughter who drives me crazy. I don't need no girls coming in my DMs because I'm good. You know, like, you know, we want to go out to eat. That's all we eat. I ain't eating no box. Internet. The guy for me will never be in my DMs. Just letting you guys know that. 
But aside from that, I did go to an event that was hosted by Mona Scott. Um, really? Yes. And I actually killed it. But aside from that, she did say something that did like resonate in my mind about being in a relationship. Like, maybe I do need someone because she was just saying, how do you expect to get to the next level if you don't have that support system? Like, there were so many times where she felt like she couldn't do it. But then because she had that partner to lean on, he was like, we got this. I don't have that. Like, I definitely don't. I'm not looking. I told y'all that before. But I was like, it made me think, like, well, maybe that is, like, part of the puzzle. Because, like, this new woman, the the new day and age of the independent woman, feeling like we don't need a man and we could do all these things. But at the end of the day, like, let's kind of, like, eliminate that thought, too, because... Maybe you're shooting yourself, what, in the foot or some shit? Like, maybe that's what's happening. So a lot of, a lot of people were at that event from it was, it was a It was a, um, a female empowerment event, so it was a lot of women, entrepreneurs there. It's it's funny because people like, you know, I feel like uh, Mona Scott um, has been around. I mean, her, her resume is long. Right. Um, but uh, I do feel like a lot of people hate on her. But then, like... They, not in front of her face, I guess. It's just like trolls and internet. I mean, like they say, like she produces all this uh, ratchetness. Yes. But don't the people sign up for it? You know, that's how I feel. Even though it's in the edits, but I know you're not getting dog like that. This people came back. Who came back from multiple seasons in Love and Hip Hop? Um, Yandy. Okay, so you think Yandy is like, yeah, you keep on fucking making me look like shit, and I'm gonna keep on coming back? Is that no? The no. thing that's what I was saying. Like, so Yandy's character is more like the Claire Huxtable of reality TV. Okay. Like, she's the good girl. Okay. But everyone else is more, uh, I guess, ratchet drink throwers. Um, but I was at a point. I did have a moment where I was like, I don't like Meryl Sky. Like, she's exploiting us. But at the end of the day, I had to sit back and really think about it. Like. One, she actually does employ a lot of black people and give them jobs and opportunities. It's what they're doing with those opportunities or what they're doing with their camera time. Like, she can't make you do certain things. They do kind of try to entice you to do certain things, but I've never seen Yandy come out of character. I've never seen her do anything crazy. Even with her her husband going to jail, like, she still, like, maintained a level head and was always a lady. Mm -hmm. But then you have other people who weren't. I mean talking to Mona and what she was doing that day was really inspiring and empowering. And I wish she would have had more cameras on that just to show that she does create balance. Because I feel like there's nothing wrong with a little ratchet, but with the ratchet, you need the realness. And a lot of people don't know how to separate reality TV from actual reality. So when you say woman empowerment, you mean, what was she exactly even doing? So she just had like a, a mixer and she did like a Q and a. So at first she was talking like briefly about like her journey because she said she didn't want to make, about herself but then she allowed to open like she opened the floor up and allowed women to ask her for advice so, did you ask for advice no how dare you so <laughs> i went in there thinking i just wanted to observe i didn't really want to be because i have a natural big personality like so i didn't want to feel i didn't want it to feel like i was trying to take over so i did have a question but then someone else kind of ended up asking something along those lines oh similar okay yeah, okay, so i yeah. felt like if i was asking my question i was being a hype beast like girl she already answered that, like, be yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. But there was a point where she was also allowing the audience to answer or give their opinion on the questions that were asked. And someone ended up asking a question about, like, how do you stay focused when you're on social media or com com comparing yourself to other people? And then that's when I interject and it was just like, 
I said what I said. I took them to church. And I even said something that, that made Mona say, I'm going to steal that line. And then she and I had a But she didn't give me no credit for it. And I told her she need to. And then we had like a quick conversation. And I, I'm trying to get her on this show. Well, I think that would be a great conversation. No, no, I would love to have uh, Mona Scott here, definitely. But you know what? You know, uh, shout out to her and definitely shout out to female empowerment. I would love to see you do more of that. Yeah. And I would love uh, for us to do that throughout the show. Like when we start doing live shows or something, do more stuff like that. But we'll figure it out. Or even like the moment you had with Notori, like that was really empowering for her. Like you're really good at that too. Yeah. And sometimes, you know what it is? I think it gets when, when a guy's a little bit, uh, I don't want to say perverted or what would you call me? Like, would you call me perverted or, um, or just like, cause I like talking about sex sexually and, explicit. Okay. I think sometimes people like that get like, people can't see the goodness, but like, Oh wait, actually he is a nice guy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he may be a little raunchy, but he's still a nice guy. And right. I think that's my style. Like, I'm, I'm never somebody who's so raunchy, but I just like to, you know, I realize that too. You know, even like listening to some episodes, I said, damn, I talk about sex a yeah, lot. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you're a little rash. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, listen, I love comedy because it makes me laugh. And I love sex because it makes me feel good. <laughs> I love that. And, and no, no, no it, 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 it's a good thing. But you know what? Also, what I do want to say is someone that is from New York, Derek Rose, our newly New York Knickerbocker. Okay. This motherfucker uh, went on and started saying today that the Knicks are going to win every game. Now, listen, let me tell you something. I would love for that to happen. I would love for us to win 50 games. This motherfucker, I don't know what the fuck he's smoking. I don't know if he might be smoking on them Knicks. He might just be breaking up you're the right, butt. You're right, you're right. Maybe someone that red, that red, yeah, that, them that Reggie, that Reggie. Reggie. See, I'll be honest with you, honestly, internet. I don't trust people who are smoking regular weed in 2016. Wait, why? Um, Sometimes be, you need some regular nah, because, weed. Listen, what regular weed does. I'm gonna tell you all the things that regular weed does. Okay, it may be cheap, but everything cheap don't mean it's good. It fucking makes your breath stink. Regular weed fucks your breath up, right? All weed does that. It makes you... No, no. It makes you cough like a motherfucker. It doesn't smell as good, okay? And and, and and it gives you a fucking headache. And it forces you to eat bad food. But the last time you smoked was like when? The 90s. No, 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 no. no. You, you smoked with Craig and Day Day. Like... No, no, no. Well, that was... The, the Craig and Day Day was okay. in the 90s. Craig and Smokey. You, you old. Oh, uh, last, time, last time I was high on weed was with Sean Price. And, may he rest in peace. Yeah, may he rest in peace. And and, and he he had to battle. leave me because I was oh that's what just plays break, yeah. breakdance battle. Yeah. <laughs> that was the last okay. And so, then and then before that was like fucking nineteen. See ninety. What that your prom two? Look at that. I never went to a prom. I missed me my prom. neither. I wish I wish I would. You know, sometimes I speak to people and they're like, oh, we have a a, a, a reunion. What do they call that? Like a high school reunion, high school reunion. Or, or a college reunion. And, you know, um, unfortunately, like I left um, high school early because I wanted to do I wanted to work. I wanted to do different things. And and my mind wasn't set in. Um, I wish it was. I wish if I could go back, I would have told myself. Um, please like finish school. And, I, and you know what? Actually, this is what I want to say. I want to shout out my man Gerald from Soul Collector, Mikey, DJ Neil Armstrong, um, and a couple of other dudes. I was on this panel in Newark mm-hmm. on on uh, last week on Friday, and it was for speak to high school kids in Newark, and we were speaking about a bunch of shit. And I was telling the girls, and I was like, look, because some of them I could see like were interested to hear our stories and see how we turn some of our passions into reality. But someone went, man, oh, these old motherfuckers better shut the fuck up. I could see in their face. <laughs> right. And I told them, I said, listen, y'all, I want to leave you with something. My daughter's going to be 17 years old. I'm going to tell y'all what I exactly tell my daughter. I tell my daughter, get your degree. And I'm going to say this to women all over the place. Get your degree. 
And even if you're not going to work, even if you meet a guy who's fucking got money, I'm going to tell you why. You have two kids with him. You're in the house. They're five years old. Next thing you know, he decides he comes home from work, hard day. He may be a drinker. Maybe he starts beating the shit out of you. How do you expect to ever get out of there if you don't got no, you know, and, and, and move on if you don't got no degree? Right. It's better to have one than to not. That's true. If you have a degree, you can pick up, you can move on, and you can get yourself a nice little job. I mean, I know it's tough, but if you have it, it's easier with it. It's even it's even tough with it, but it's better to have it than not. That's true. And I tell that to my daughter, like, yo, don't ever f- uh, 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 settle for less. Like, don't get me wrong. You can meet a guy. He may have a successful business, and you may be able to stay home and, and raise your kids. And that's cool. Not everyone's able to do that. But don't ever lose your schooling or your education or a chance to. Because in this world, nothing's promised. Mm-hmm. We get married, and you get divorced the next year. You got to. Take care of yourself. And I want to say one more thing before I go, and this may not be uh, before we, we take a break. This may, and this is for man or woman. And I know this may sound crazy, but internet, I want you to take this and put it in your pocket, okay? Or tell a friend to tell a friend. If you're married or you're in a relationship, okay? And I usually I don't like to give this shit, but I'm going to give this one out, okay? And the, the key is you just don't want to talk about it when you do it so people don't know. If you're in a relationship, Miss Listen, right? You get married. I want you to separately start a little bank account. Okay? But you can't say nothing. No, not with his money. Stop being selfish. Stop being selfish. Stop working that that, that box to your face. Jay said it could be worse. Put a little bit in the baggie, a little in the purse. Uh, He did say that, but but this is not a day and age of fucking, uh, uh, you know, uh, drug hustling (laughs) and shit. This is a tech hustling. But anyway, I want to say this. And I know it may sound crazy to some people, but I think some people will understand. What I want you to do is start a little bank account for yourself. Even when you're married, don't even say nothing. And I'm going to explain to you why, okay? Because first of all, if you say something, they're going to feel like, you you know, that you hid something from them. Because you are. Or you're going to feel like, if it's vice versa, they'll feel like you hid something. Mm-hmm. This is for man or woman. This right. is not just for men. You say have your separate money. No, you're going to have a joint account. You're but gonna also have, have your own, I'm expi- like... For a rainy day. Yeah. I'm explaining to you why. A lot of guys and a lot of girls, especially girls or women, they get with a guy and they usually rely mostly on them. Next thing you know, say if he says, get the fuck out of my house, where are you going to your mother's? You got no money. You got very little money. Or if he's supporting you. And if it's a guy and, you're, you, know, and you don't have like a big bank account, you know, where are you going to go to your mother's or your, 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 your sister's? You don't have much because you're never prepared for this type of day. You got married because you loved each other. You never prepared for what would happen if things didn't work out. And you're all of a sudden, you're out here all willy-nilly. Yeah. Think about it. And I know it sounds crazy, and I'm not trying to put this in people's head because then they're going to be like, oh, so you're trying to tell me that I should think like something's going to happen wrong and put some, you know, negative. No, 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 I'm not saying that. You never know what happens. And if things work out 10, 15 years later, go buy something. You stay ready, you never have to get ready. No, go buy something for for the whole family. You Do know? you believe in prenups? I mean, it depends how much money we're talking about. Yeah, I believe so. Then again, so I, you don't think that a prenup is kind of like saying that you don't think this is going to be? If forever? I'm if I'm worth three hundred million and I marry you and you're worth fucking two thousand dollars, <laughs> we need to sign a prenup. But if I'm with you and we're both together, I become rich. You deserve that, right? Because you were there for me. That's the thing. You need to take care of the people who were there for you when you were down and out. That's why I love my relationship now because. 
the good times, the bad times, you've got to have a good woman by your side. One that will support what you're doing, won't complain what you, about what you're doing, will believe in what you're doing even when you don't believe in them. Anyway, Internets, listen, we'll get more into this type of shit that I'll explain to you more. You know, Pete is an Internet therapist. You are. And he's going to give you some prescriptions. So make sure you start that account, but shut the fuck up and don't tell anybody. <laughs> okay? Internets, you listen to the Premium Pete Show featuring Miss Listen Knows. We'll be right back. We've got a special guest coming to join us. All right, Miss Lizzie, you ready for that? I'm ready. That didn't sound like a good owl. I need it better than that. I was trying to give girls six. Oh, okay, okay. You ready? I'm feeling sexy. Internets, we'll be right back. Cheer, cheer. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's your boy Joseph Shakura, a.k.a. Tommy from Power. You're listening to the Premium Peach Show with Ms. Lisa Nose. That's Ms. Motherfucker. Internets, and we're back. And listen, I'm really excited to bring these I'm two people on. I'm extra excited. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, one of them's a friend. Another one is a friend of mine, friend of ours. Friend okay. of ours. Friend of ours, friend of mine. Brooklyn always stays together. And, and, and Sherrod, are you from Long Island? Born in Queens, but I live in Long Island, yes. No, the girls out in Mineola are definitely, uh, definitely, 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 definitely. Uh, popping. Uh, popping, yeah. But anyway, internets, listen, I'm happy to have my man DJ Clark Kent and DJ Sherrod in the building with us. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. I appreciate it. Hey, listen, stop giving the uh, corporate uh, response. Uh, no, well, that was just my honest answer right then and there. <laughs> you definitely hit us with job interview voice, Al. Yeah, no, nah, that's all well, good. Because definitely not needing a job. So No, no, no. Actually, <laughs> right off the bat, right off the bat, it's a question. It's funny because doing, doing it's weird to even say knowing you for, the, for a long time. Right. To do homework on you, I say, holy shit. You forget how much fucking shit you've done. I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, it, it's kind of so funny. So right off the bat, you ever work a regular job? Yeah. Well, it depends on what you look at as regular. Um, working for somebody like show up here at 8 o'clock or you're fired? No. Okay. Never? I, no. Not even summer youth? Nah, my summer youth, I was DJing. Oh. I've been DJing for 99% of my life. How did so, you get into that? Um, I, I, I love music. I loved music. And one day when I was like five, I put a needle on a, on a record and was blown away by the fact that I felt like I was controlling the music. So in my house, I always was the kid that was putting the music on in the house. And then one day I went to my uncle's house and he had two turntables and this thing in the middle and it was a mixer and he didn't know how to DJ or anything, but he had the equipment. I was nine and I, he just let me use it. And from that point I became DJ. You know, yeah. you grew up in a time where mothers and fathers, I know mom, you know, and rest in peace to mom, mm -hmm. but um, was dad in? in, in Not the, at all. Okay. Uh -huh. You know, how was mom what you wanted to DJ? Because even at that time, think about it, you're a little bit older than me, but even my parents kind of like, yo, you got to get a job and that's all you got to get. Like, you know. Well, imagine if, if, if you're nine and you're telling them you want to DJ, it doesn't seem like it's a reality. It just seems like. My nine-year-old is bugging, and it's okay, but he's not bugging be because it's music, and it could be worse. So they didn't look at me and say, oh, don't look at that like that's what it's going to be. It wasn't until I was 15 and was making some money when I told my grandmother, be clear, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And she was like, okay, just finish school. My mom was like, she was like kind of oblivious to it because... I was doing it already, and right. it was too late. What did your mom like? What was her background? I know she's Panamanian. Yeah, I'm Panamanian. Right. Um, she was a she was an opera singer, so oh. it was music. So it didn't it wasn't a stretch to her. Right. She was an opera singer, and she was also uh, in the legal system. And then she was a diplomat to the UN. Really? Oh. 
Yeah. My God, mom hold a lot of uh, a No, clout. no, she did a lot. She did a lot. My mother was quite famous in our country. Yeah. And Panamanians, I'll tell you one thing. I always say this, but when I was locked away, Panamanians were one of the few people that, like, if they wanted to act Spanish, they could do that. Or if they wanted to act black, they could do that. Did you ever get that quality? Not Um, meaning you, but I'm saying, did you ever realize that? Well, there's no acting when you're Panamanian. If you speak Spanish, you're Spanish. But if you're in the back of that bus... You black. Well, listen, I'll well, be honest with you, man. They were playing dominoes. Like, they were they able were, to use There's the brown phone. Panamanians and light-skinned Panamanians. Okay. So, and then there's Panamanians who actually look like like they could be Mexican. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and that's because of what was happening in Panama. They was building the Panama Canal. Jamaicans came over to help. Jamaicans are dark. You know what I'm saying? You're mixing with people in Central America. So the colors that were coming out of the country were because of what was happening there. So I'm dark because my grandfather is Jamaican. God bless all that melanin. Don't you worry. You ain't got to make no excuses for your blessings. No, trust me. That's I mean, good. I'm cool. But if you look like my brown is still red behind it. So, you know, I'm good where I'm at. You're great. And, and Thank you. And, I appreciate This one? Yeah, she's a keeper. You got to keep her. Yeah. She's keeper to keep her. <laughs> hey, well, I wish I would have known that the first time around. I wouldn't be still paying child support. Well, hey. <laughs> oh, whoa. Wait. You don't take care of this baby. No, no. I my know, baby I know. at home. <laughs> No, no, you know what? I do say that because people always say it's cheaper to keep her, and sometimes it's not. And 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 I, I don't want to go fully into that, but what I mean that <laughs> I know what I mean by that is sometimes when when things aren't really working in the household like that, sometimes it's better for both of y'all to move on and co-parent. Even though co-parent co-parenting is a very tough job, but internet's you know go to church every Sunday. When the offering comes around three times, put it put some in once, not th- all three times. Put it once and, and the, got the thing going yeah, on the three times. You know how it is these days. You know, pass the plate. Listen, uh, DJ Sherrod is here. Yes. But, uh, okay. Now you, your nationality is Indian. Yep. Okay. I'm Indian. When was the first? Now you're a DJ. I'm a DJ. Yep. When which you, I didn't know. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. And I'm, also, mess, I'm messing me, with him. Me I'm messing with him. We're just talking about this on the way here. Actually. Well, he's well. Well, Sherrod is a DJ, and um, he also does party planning, right? You got you know you guys do tons of things for different brands. Sherrod like is an event, a full service turnkey event production he's, company. He's a logistic guru. Okay. He's 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 he's. A, he's I like the word guru. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm listen. trying. I'm trying. I'm really out here trying hard. What I want to know. in the game for a long time. You want me, the, the DJing or? I started as a DJ. Okay. So I started 20 years ago in, as a DJ. How uh, old were you at that time? I was young. Okay. So say, say you're, 20 years you're a teenager. Than you're a teenager. I'm a teenager. Okay. Yeah. So say you're a teenager. I'm, I, I'm actually in, 24 years in the DJ. I'm about game. to say I'm, I was four. You say you was four. 24 years 20 in the years DJ game. Ago. Okay. So so being in an Indian family and you said I want to be a DJ, they didn't look at you crazy. Surprisingly, no. My dad funded my turntables. Really? Yep. I started with two linear tech. Now, are you uh, got the good shit in like, They're actually not that good, but they're good to get started on. Okay. Were, were you allowed to marry outside your race? I could have did whatever I wanted. See, see, my background's see, see, a little different because yeah. my my father. We come from a, a part of India which is now Pakistan. Okay. So that that got taken over by Muslims. We're Hindus. Okay. We're born, I'm a born Hindu, but when we had to leave. Pakistan, my mom, her whole side went to Kenya, East Africa. Mm-hmm. So my mom was born in East Africa. My dad was born in Pakistan, but now had to move to India when all the Hindus got kicked out. So my mom from East Africa then moved to England. So culturally, we are Indian, but we are very diverse 
in our upbringing. Overall. Man, that may be the best breakdown. Of, Bet of, you ain't of, expect of, that, that one. I never expected. No one because, would. Yeah. So when people, you know, tell me about culture and about race and about where you're from and how are you in this, how are you in this game? And you know, it comes back to where your parents are from and and how they raise you and what they teach you. And my parents have always been pretty open-minded. For Indian parents in general, are known as people who are closed-minded or not really open to sure being into other cultures but you know i could my wife's from staten island man really yeah okay shout out to staten island. why you hear dj sherrard and dj clark Kent here is because amongst many other things that i know them for and that they do they formed a sneaker expo called ultimate sneak expo which is in long island what is it september 17th right september 17th yes. september 17th Listen, sports gonna, arena sports arena okay we're gonna get we're gonna get into all that mm-hmm. throughout this episode but right now i want to go back to uh a couple things with clark clark Oh, you ready? You, you ready? Listen, you know it's funny because it's like it's great because I love that you're branching off doing a bunch of other stuff like uh-huh. you always have. Yes, and then I love so it's like we kill two birds with one stone. We get to talk about a new venture. Well, even though it's not new, but it's also something that you're continuing to grow. Okay, right? I think no? so. Yeah, no. you talking about the ultimate sneakers? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And and, and the funny part is like I I, uh, I always thought to myself maybe uh, like I didn't want to do it. Until I met Sherrod. what? But what made you want to do it? Because keep in mind, we've been around mm-hmm. so many, um, you know, sneaker uh, shows. We right. Been, I, like we've seen. I mean, like, I mean, come on, how many? Like uh, uh, from too the many. Flex Battle yeah, to back. It, it, it yeah. was a lot of shows, yeah. and the, and the the reason why I was cool with doing this one is, um, Sherrod's passion when I met him to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we knew each other from before, but the passion that he had to actually do a show is what made me say, okay, cool. And then the fact that it was nowhere near anybody else's show. That's another thing. I never wanted to do a show because I always felt like I would be doing a show against other guys that I know who do shows. And I didn't want to put that that type of um, energy and competition in there because I, I don't feel like I want to compete with the guys who are killing it. You know but, what I mean? But at the same time, keep in mind, you've been around for so long that you could have got in any time before they even were killing it. Absolutely. But again, out of respect for the work that they were putting in, I don't want to go do a show in Manhattan while SneakerCon is doing Manhattan all the time and then feel like I'm in competition with somebody that I look at like a friend and I didn't want to do that. But things, the thing that changes with success, and, and, and I'm sure you could touch on it, pause, um, is that when we look at events, especially like a SneakerCon, you know, it's like it doesn't mean that there can't be other events. It's just got to be done right. You know, Absolutely. And, and I remember like when, when, when Dunk Exchange partner with nice kicks i think mm-hmm. so then what what happened was nice kicks you know and shout out to matt half i'm nothing against him, i'm just explaining what happened he w- they wouldn't post anybody else's event or when shoe games say uh um connected with, i think with kicks fair or sneaker con did their own thing for sneaker news so the the amount of promotion for events got very very diluted because it was like almost like it became like a, a mafia mm-hmm. if you think about it i remember when you just started to do the ultimate sneaker expo mm-hmm and uh, you know, I, I remember people were against that. But hey, listen, somehow, some way, Quack, who I consider an old time gangster, was able to get that <laughs> fucking Ultimate Sneaker Expo up on Sneaker News, man. You well, a- again, but why shouldn't you? Why there's well, enough room to eat? Not only that, but it's because of the I, respect he showed. Right. My thing was, I'm not trying to hurt you, and you don't have nothing going on this weekend. So, like, we have a show on the same day as SneakerCon this year. I won't go to you Ming and say I need you to post this 
out of pure respect. If it was sure. a totally different weekend, he ain't doing nothing. Dog, I need you to do this. In all, in reality, look at all of the websites that have their attachments to sneaker shows. I'm probably the only guy that they will go. All right, put it up there. Let's make an exception, right? Because. I've done so much for practically every website, but I still have a level of respect inside of me that says they got to show the same day. I won't ask them. But but it's funny because you, even though somebody like you who have gained enough respect in the community, mm -hmm. you still sometimes have to like sometimes you have to say, "Am I really doing this?" I have to call this person and 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 because and yeah, for because, sure. No, because sometimes it's like people don't like, well, Clark, you know, uh, you I'm know, doing we, my show and, and it costs this much yeah, for other people. Yeah, to, and you know, with all due respect. Cool, I understand business, I understand that you're doing business, but I don't ask you for nothing and I continually give to the to the to the, the sure, community. Sure. So my thing is, do I really have to ask you? And if I do, then I'm writing that down. Yeah, and you know what uh, I will give a, a piece of advice to anyone uh, who who wants to take it. Unfortunately, you still have not mean the only you caught mm -hmm. what I'm learning too is pro tip. Got If you don't ask for it, you don't get it. Yeah, that's true. Also, so like Matt Hatfield, who's a friend of mine, who I, I've known him since Nice Kicks was sure. nothing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So when I called him and said, hey, I'm doing this show. I need you to post it. Or can you post it? I didn't say I need you to, but I said, can you post mm -hmm. it? He was like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that he has shows. I know that if I go to you, Ming, and say that, he'll say yes, but it will be pushback because he has a show the same day. Yes. And because I know that. I won't ask him. Yeah. And that's just, that's fair. And to me, I think if I approach the game respectfully, then I'll be respected in the game. You know, even with sneakers and music, you know, which which I feel like you have, like, uh, you've done so much in both. Uh -huh. But I feel like you have two different fan bases. You, Can I say that? No, understand me. Okay. The yeah. other day, yeah. me and my daughter were walking through a store and a guy comes up and he goes, yo. Thanks for everything that you've done in the music business. And she's with me. And then like five steps later, somebody goes, yo, your kick game. And she's dying laughing. Like when we walk two steps away and I was so funny. She was like, these guys probably were like five years in age difference. And they talked, they liked you for two totally different things. Diversity, man. I said, I do find it crazy that people don't put together DJ when they think of DJ Clark Kent, when it's the sneaky game, the sneaky game, they don't go. He's a DJ. They go. That's DJ Clark Kent, the sneaker guy. And I'm thinking, what do you think the DJ means? <laughs> so it's not like they're even trying to figure out why is he called DJ Clark Kent. Is, is that the reason why you always want to tell when people call you Clark Kent, you'll say DJ? Like, yeah, you, well, you like I seen you say uh, like people say Clark Kent, you know, DJ Clark Kent. It, you got to correct them. It's a very uh, particular reason, though. Um, I, I was afforded the ability to be a sneaker junkie because I'm a DJ. I produce records because I'm a DJ. I have a nice life because I'm a DJ. So everything goes back to this thing that started when I was a kid that I can't say never happened. Because if it didn't happen, you would have no interest in having a conversation with me. I wouldn't have no legacy for you to ask me about. I'd have no history for you to speak about it would probably be in something like oh yeah he's a teacher well i think one of the dopest things that you've done was you know and 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 even so many other people but you're definitely one of them have inspired me just to continue to be diversified mm -hmm. you know how people look at like i remember one time someone called me like oh that's premium pete he's that sneaker guy that's when i worked so hard to do so many other things right 
because I just didn't want to be that. But you're right. The one platform helped form others. Right. You know, and springboard off of them. You know, and I'll tell you one thing. One thing I always wanted to ask you was, because just being us Brooklyn guys, I've, I've related to you so much. and I, I know you for a long time. Right. How do you, sneaker-wise, I'm just talking about business-wise, mm-hmm. in the music business, sneaker business, because in, 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 I feel like as many names as you have, cut a check is one of them. You're a motherfucker that knows how to get a check cut. I don't know how the fuck you do it, <laughs> but you fucking do it. I got to learn that. But I'll tell you one thing. In doing that, sometimes you come across people who, who do dumb shit. And what I mean by that is like maybe you text them and you have a great talk and then they don't get back to you. And then you got to hit them again. And then they, get, they, they, they ignore you. Then you see them at a, 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 an event. or you see The point I'm trying to make is there's so much shadiness. Mm-hmm. Everyone speaks about it. How did you, being a Brooklyn cat, because I... I I take things personal most of the time. Right. How'd you not, like, how'd you not, like, fucking go crazy on some people for being jerk-offs? Because I'm sure there's been many people who have been jerk-offs over the years. I'm, I'm not trying to be uh, super spiritual. Okay. All right? But God accepts you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And if, if you know that you're put on the earth to be as close to God as possible, you should be trying to do as much as you can to be like him or his offspring, right? Because we're all his offspring. So if I look at each person and go crazy for the things that they do, then I'm not being as close to God as possible because he's not judging. He's going, I want you to be like me. So I accept every person for what they are. And I can't change you if that's who you're going to be so i can't be mad i just have to accept it but then once i understand and learn who you are i know how to deal with you okay i'm sure you had i give you an example and we use people as examples shout out to all of them there's no disrespect you're doing a deal with nike mm-hmm. mike packer calls up and says yo why are you doing a deal with clock for like you should be doing a deal with me they listen to him they don't do the deal with you you find out I'm sure something like that has happened. Not in those realms. Well, yeah, not Mike. No, not Mike. No, no I oh, love no. Mike. I'm no, just using I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. How do you not call the person? And, 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 wait, wait. I want to say something yeah. because I know how the internet works. I want to say we are not talking about Mike Packer. That's my guy. Yes, my okay. guy too. Now, you know moving what? I gotta forward, start using A, B, and C's. Yeah, yeah, maybe A, B, and C. Yeah, you know why? Name like Rasheen. So something, Rasheen calls, something. and then it might be somebody it's, Rasheen that says that they know me, and well, then all of a sudden strong. we got beef. That yeah. one got safe. Fuck him. Then he has to be safe, right? He got to stay strong. Yeah, <laughs> but got my own catchphrases. Okay, stay strong. Okay, I'm sorry. No. Can we edit be safe? Uh, <laughs> we gonna bleep that out. Okay. Yeah. Um. What I'm saying is those things. Like when I found out. When I when I find out, trust me, it gets written down, and I know how to deal with you from that point on. So you're or, a little petty. No, nah, I'm not petty. You're I a just, little petty. You holding grudges and you no, writing stuff I, down. I don't hold a grudge. What it is is I've learned something, and when I, when I move from the way that I learn things. So if I learn that you're a piece of shit, cool. <laughs> I know not to deal with you. The mental notes. And the reason why I learn not to deal with you, I don't go. I'm gonna knock on your door and punch you in your face. Is because I don't have time. See, does Hollywood talk to them the next time you see them kind of type of thing? Like, nah. I'm not going to tell them. I'm that's not the other part, you. though. I'm not, I'm not phony to you. I'm not right. going to be like, I'm not going to be like, yo, what's up? I'm just not going to fuck with you. And you'll know and you'll feel it and you'll start to ask yourself, why isn't he? And then. I feel like we're like kindred spirits. That's how I'm petty, though. I'm, nah, a, I'm, I'm admit I'm, my pets. I'm not petty, but the, the reason I why is. I take my is, right now. Here's some real, real, real shit. Pedicine. Before you're 30, 
it don't take no time to fix something. Mm. But after you're 30, every fuck up you do takes like eight years to fix. Why? Mm. Because before you're 30, you're young. You can fuck up and you still have time to get it right. After 30, every fuck up takes like eight years. So because of that, every time you fuck up, if I fuck up with you, I'm as dumb as you. Right. Well, I mean, I think. Jim. There's some gems being dropped. There'll be plenty more. You know, one thing I think that is in this business, whether it be music or sneakers, Mm -hmm. just life, just doing deals. Not everything works in our favor. Yeah, that's cool. And and, and I think that one thing I'm learning is not to take everything personal. Here's something else. I don't even know how we're going this way. But think about this. You wouldn't know how good it is to win if you never lose. Mm. So you have to be able to accept losing as well as you can accept winning. So I'm not mad if I lose. I'm always like, well, there'll be another game. Because to to me, in life, there's no gray area. It's yes or no, good or bad, win or lose. So if you know that the answer to the question can be one of two questions, I mean one of two answers, you should be able to be good with each answer. So, like, if you say, can I borrow $100? And I say yes. You know what you're not going to say? Why? But if I say no, at least 75 people are going to be like, yo, why not, yo? What the fuck? If I gave it to you, it's all good. But if I don't give it to you, it's an issue. You should be prepared for both answers. True. Because everything that you ask has two answers. So, if you can ask, be prepared for both answers. Period. In life. So, if I'm going to win, it's a win. Cool. If I'm going to lose, it's a loss. Cool. That should just make me fight harder to win the next time because I know how nice it feels to win. Yeah, I always do tell myself, like, if you don't fail at something, that means you're not taking big enough risk. Like, well, you have to, like, take but, those risks to be successful. And all, all I know is you can't know how good it feels to win if you've never lost. I'm comfortable with losing. When it's is just, the time that you felt like you lost and it kind of like stuck in your mind? It doesn't stick in my mind. If I've lost, I've lost. It's all good. I've lost money on bets. And, you know, first you're like, ouch. But then you're only like, ouch until you, you get You rolling dice or you at the, at the, at the, with the, I'm the horses? Brooklyn. He had, money, Trust me when he had I say, money on the Yankees when they okay. sucked. You know? <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate uh, that. Well. What I'm saying is, like, I'm I'm really, really from... The real Brooklyn. Hold so on, hold on. When- Before you even say that, I want to say, and I said this, and you have heard me say this over the years. To me, besides, I would say, there's very few people I feel rep Brooklyn more than DJ Clark Kent. And I'm not saying that because, you know, at the same sentence, I could say something, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not one of those dudes. You know me. Like, mm-hmm, what I mean mm-hmm. is I, I and, and you know what, internet, don't call that shit dick riding. You know how internet say, like, I want to say something nice, but I don't mean to be dick riding. No. Besides Spike Lee, who I feel is an amazing Brooklyn Knight. You got to put Clark Kent up there. That's how I feel. He's Brooklyn's finest. But I live in Brooklyn. Yeah, I know he went out, and that's that's something. You know what? That's something that I've been meaning. I said, Yo, when Clark, when when we started the Premium Peach Show, and I says, Yo, when Clark comes up here, that's something I need to talk about because you know how much I love Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I moved out of Brooklyn. Yeah, but that was a family situation. Yes, but I want to say, can Clark ever move out of Brooklyn? Yeah, I can. And the reason why I say this for even people like our, our friend, the late great Sean Price, you know, he was mm-hmm. going to move. Um, yeah. He was going to move down to, I believe, North Carolina. He was looking at houses. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I'm a Brooklyn guy and that stays with me forever. Wherever I go, people know. Like, I, I, It's funny because I tell people, like, the first time I went to uh, uh, Dominican Republic uh, or Cancun, I met these uh, European women. 
mm-hmm. and they were like, yo, I love your accent. And I was like, accent? What the fuck kind of accent are you talking about? What are you talking about? It's like right there. I never knew <laughs> that New York, that bro- even though everybody has different, even though I have a little bit of Italian more mixed in there. But, but the point I'm trying to make is I love Brooklyn so much that when we went away for spring break, like, I would fight for Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. That's how I felt. Right. You know, as I got older and, and, and the family situation, you know, moving to mm-hmm. Jersey, but I appreciate to come back and, and I miss what it is. But I'll be honest with you, I love uh, the quietness now. Mm-hmm. I love people ain't on time. I grew up in Brooklyn, obviously, you know, where, like, next door neighbor's nosy. This one's a junkie. This one's a slut. Like, you have, like, now, like, my, my next door neighbor, when they, I don't even see them. I don't, you know, I'm not even close to them. Well, I mean, you know? the average person doesn't think there's aspirational sections of Brooklyn. So if you don't think there's aspirational sections of Brooklyn, you'll try to leave. I live in a nice section of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But I found it when I was a kid. And we always looked at it like, look, at that's the area with all the nice Christmas lights mm-hmm. and the big houses. So when it was time to move, I wasn't like necessarily like I'm going to move out. I'm going to move. I was going to move to Jersey. I, I had a house I was going to buy. But when they saw me drive up in my truck and with all my jewelry on and my music was loud they wrote a petition so i couldn't move into the neighborhood really? which is perfectly fine because where i live now Think i'm about good what you did with them with them barbecues all those years my god so you they didn't did feel like imagine those barbecues happening in a place where they didn't want me to live yeah yeah so it's crazy so you didn't feel offended at all no nah, I'm, I'm 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 extremely um aware of the world we live in like extremely like I went to school upstate New York, nine miles away from Vermont, where the first conversation I had when we went into Vermont was, what are you doing here, nigga? Mm. That was the very, with the very hard R. No, with the R. With the R. Yeah. And it, it was out of friendlies. And I was 14 or 15. And the question was, what are you doing here, nigga? And I was like, ordering a hamburger, bitch. <laughs> you always had those witty comebacks. Nah, it's just, when you're from New York, you know what I'm saying, you see everybody. And even though I was young, like, you saw everybody. So I went to to Brooklyn Tech with white kids and Asian kids. So when I go upstate and I go to school, and the first thing you got to say is, what are you doing here, nigger, when I'm sitting at a table with three other white kids? It should have made them go, okay, maybe, maybe the nigger's with the white people. Like, maybe he's an okay nigger. But that's not what happened. It was, what are you doing here, nigga, from a, a waitress at a restaurant who I'm looking at her like, well, is it not your job to just say, what do I want? Yeah. Spit in my food before you ask me some Get crazy me BLT, shit like that. bitch. But, you know, that's what happened. So since I was a kid, I've been extremely aware of the world we live in. So when that happened, I do know there's way more ignorant people in the world than smart people so i was cool but the only thing i thought of was well if if you got a kid that's going to school in a neighborhood where they don't want you in the first place something could happen to your kid so, so it was yeah let me go let me go where i'm i'm comfortable and everybody all of us can be comfortable so when they wrote that petition in the neighborhood yeah how did you get past it I just didn't move into the neighborhood. I, I oh, moved, that's not, okay. I, no, okay. that was that was in in, uh, in Jersey. They, oh, okay, they okay. just didn't. Want I thought me it was the Brooklyn neighborhood. Yeah, I just thought it was hilarious. Though I was like, the worst part is, I looked at all of the people who were in the neighborhood, and because I, I'm still, I was super hood, and I'm still hood. I looked at them and was like, I make more money than all of you motherfuckers. <laughs> so like, you're like you're so dumb for this right now. Like, I would have brought your fucking neighborhood up 
I mean, it probably would have looked crazy with all of the friends driving up the, yeah, in front yeah. of the house with all the good cars. Memphis Bleak would have been out there with his dude. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it might have looked crazy after a second, but I'm sit- I'm seriously looking at them like, but like, I make more money than all of y'all. My car that I drove there was better than every car in everybody's garage. So I'm like, why you? You should be happy. They don't want us to win. I, no, they definitely didn't want me to win at that point. What about I was, you, Rara? I was cool, Ow. No, well, they can live anywhere. You good? Or you never felt like any kind of like racism? Like you're in a different. <laughs> yo, uh, he, <laughs> yo, actually, Rara. one second, one second. One, his name, first one's name Sherrod. I know Rara. his name. He can't have no nickname. Well, yeah, but the internet need to know him as DJ Sherrod. Mm-hmm. Okay, listen. He are you familiar him. with a place in, in in Jersey where there's a lot of Indian people? Edison. Another one, Windsor or. or, or my the my lady part. does North, real North estate Jersey, on the South side. Jersey? My lady, I got I got I, I got I got racist shit thrown at me by the Indians. I was like, holy shit, what's this world coming to? Felt weird, huh? Yeah, mm. Mm. that white privilege ain't so privileged <laughs> now, is Wait, it? How, how did you feel it? So so my lady does real estate, mm-hmm. and she did it, and uh, and I forgot the name of the area. God damn, I can't remember it. But it, it was only like we didn't realize till we pull up. When I tell you, she had about fifty people easy stop by. They ran out of uh, uh, signing sheets. Um, it was all Indian families. To, to, to cop. To, to, buy, to buy the to house, buy. yeah. Um, it was an Indian whole uh, development. Mm-hmm. So I was outside and in the car waiting for her. She did like a three-hour open house. So I would drive around. I had the baby with me. So the baby went crazy. So I took the baby out and I put him in the carriage. And I started, you know, moving around the block. And the guy came over to me. Um, and he was like, yeah, my, it's funny because I was like, damn, I'm about to do this in the Indian voice. I'm about to say you about to you do know? the voice. Do, I got go scared. Ahead, he was that. like, uh, nah. excuse me, my friend. And I was like, yeah, I was, what's up? And he's like, do you uh, plan on moving in here? And I was like, nah, um, uh, why? And he's like, because uh, this is my people neighborhood. And I was like, your people neighborhood? He's like, yeah, we all live together. We don't, you know. It's crazy because my block turned like that. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I thought maybe you live here because if you do, we give you extra money to move out. What? And I said, oh, shit. It's crazy. They want your white ass. They said, get the fuck out of here, whitey Ford. Well, I'm from Crown Heights. Mm -hmm. No one's Just imagine. Yeah. Right? So the first time I ever bought a house, it was in Crown Heights on Union Street. In between New York and Brooklyn Avenue, in the midst of Hasidic, Hasidic black beef, mm. and I bought a house on a block that was ninety percent Hasidic. So, like every other day, they were coming to my door with cash, like we'll buy this house from you, we'll buy this house from you. <laughs> wow! So until the offer got like ignorant, I just was like, little do you the know. brown paper. In bags. my mind, I'm like, little do you know, I was moving anyway. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you. You know, but like it was. Nuts! It was like seven times what I paid. Yeah, and they ju- and the thing is, like, I went back just to see what it was. Like later on, and the house was empty. Like still, they just didn't was, want you there. They just didn't want me there, and I thought it was amazing. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I guess that I don't think, and and maybe you could correct me, but I don't think they're looking at it like get this white guy out of here. In my opinion, what, I'm just speaking about my situation that day. I think they were looking at it like, yo, we just want us in here. Like, we just Absolutely. want our family. We just want – because they move. the guy was telling me that they moved in and he, his son's going to buy this house and this one's going to buy this house. And, and uh, I mean, the greatest thing I seen was that day sitting outside, I seen so many Indian types of culture. Like, what I mean by that is I seen, like, the, the, a family come through. 
Um, and then I seen a, a, a guy that had like uh, four chains with the fucking phone on the side, like you know, you know, with the with the three bu- buttons open up with a little bit of chest hair hanging out. Like, oh, whoa, what the fuck? I was like, like it was every type of fucking Indian you could believe of. There's all of us. We're yeah. everywhere. I was like, look at this fucking guy, and he was like, yeah, yeah. Well, how much? But, but that's the thing. Yeah. When you talk about racism, like you don't see what we see. Okay, so right? Because growing up in in you know, I'm born in, in I'm growing up in the '80s in mm-hmm. a white neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? And I'm brown. So mm-hmm. I'm not black. Mm-hmm. I'm not Spanish. They know what Chinese people are, but they don't know what we are. So they're calling us Middle Eastern. They're calling us Pakistani. Mm-hmm. They don't know what we are in mm-hmm. my neighborhood when I'm growing up. So I'm getting it like, you're not black. You're not white. What the fuck are you? And where do you fit in? Mm-hmm. So imagine me being a brown person from an Indian family living in a white neighborhood, not being accepted by them. Who am I hanging out with in school? I'm trying to find myself, and it's really, really hard. Sure. I can only imagine, you know, and one thing I will say, it's like almost like with, with, with Trump running uh, for president, which is the saddest thing in the world, you know, he's made people believe, like, you know, like Muslim is, is a nationality. It's a religion, you know, like, a, a, and the crazy thing to me is, like, what's sad is is that, unfortunately, a lot of Indian people after 9-11, they're, they get put that terrorist stamp on them. People don't look at if they're different type of nationalities, but we got. I mean, if you got Sikhs, Sikhs are Sikhs are Indian. They're from the state of Punjab. They were getting slammed after nine yeah. eleven. To this day. I mean, what did your family deal with? Like, you know, after nine eleven, did you just get my like, mom? My mom was in World Trade Center. My mom survived. Really? My wow. mom survived. Thank God. My mom walked from from there over the fifty ninth Street Bridge, and to this day, that day traumatizes her. Yeah, but I mean, have you felt the drawback of like people like no. when? Because I feel like nah, when, yeah, I, I, I feel where we're at, it's a little bit different. But maybe when you travel the country to different parts of the country, they look at you differently. But out here, for the most part, the people we run into, they get it. You know, they they understand. People are cultured. They're versed enough to know the difference between, you know, an Indian person versus someone from the Middle East. And some that don't, you know, you have to educate them. Who did you gravitate to in high school? Because you were saying you didn't know where to go. Like, So I found a lot a lot of people from my own culture. Okay. But I always loved hip-hop. I always loved music. So in our school, all the minorities hung out together. You know, so if, if you're Indian, you're hanging out with the blacks, with the Latinos, with the Asians. It's just... The melanin. Yeah, we were just all mixed up. Yeah. And then, and then you know, come 90s, hip-hop starts popping. All of a sudden, being a minority was cool. In a white neighborhood. Right. <laughs> right. With all due respect. Yes. With all due respect. And just interject. Being black was always cool. <laughs> Yo, I was thinking it. You said it. I love you. How did you guys join forces? I know you said you guys saw each other around town. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of thought about doing your own sneaker show. but then Actually, you... I didn't think about doing my own sneaker show. They came to me and were like, yo... Well, actually, you, you were thinking about it, but you didn't want to push forward. But then his passion made you want to. Well, it's a great no, fit for for Quark to be yeah. involved. Well, okay, we both had a mutual friend. His name is Mike Siegel, and Beanie's brother. No, yep, exactly. No, he's not Beanie. <laughs> Imagine that. He's Imagine them so in the same room. Far from Beanie's brother. They're like this like, opposite no, ends of the spectrum. No, they're like in other galaxies different <laughs> like mike siegel i mean his name is siegel he is an older white guy super rich and he just had he bought a building and was like and he's a sneaker junkie right and we're friends by the sneakers and um 
they're they friends. And then he's like, yo, let's do a sneaker show. And I'm just like, what? And he was like, yeah, come, let's sit down and have a sneaker show. I walk in to have this meeting with him, and he's sitting there. And I'm like, I know Sherrod. We know each other. Sherrod. I'm looking at him like, well, you're the guy who do the sound systems. Because he did sound systems. And he, he did sound systems for events that I was at. I know he likes sneakers, but I'm like, you're a sound guy. You're, you're, you're more about the DJ thing. And then we had a conversation. And because of, of his passion and the conversation was the reason I was like, okay, bet. I've only been to one, like, sneaker um, show. Mm-hmm. So forgive me for being a little ignorant. Like, what goes on? Because I went to, like, an exchange where they were kind of, like, holding the sneakers up. And I guess they kind of, like, trade off. Is that what this kind of okay. is, too? Well, I'm an honest straight shooter. Okay. 99% of sneaker shows are all the same. It's just the atmosphere that makes it different. Right. So sneaker shows, kids get tables, they buy, sell, and trade shoes. That's what it is. Okay. Stores, you know, yeah, vendors. stores, vendors buy a table. Like guy who has a dope T-shirt line that he makes T-shirts that draw back to sneakers. It might match right. some of the sneakers. So and- the sneaker world is in a room dealing with each other. And... Our job with our show is to make it fun. So, like, when you go to other shows, it's it's super, like, it, it, it's just, like, too much. But when you come to our show, it's a lot. It's just that there's there's something fun about it, and the kids are happy, and the parents are happy. And then there's the, the, the music happening, and then there's a – it's just an element of more fun. And we do it in a place where – they don't get shows like that. They usually in have Long to get on, right. They have to get on trains, risk their lives going to the city, and these little kids are walking around with thousands of dollars going into a sneaker show, and then they have to risk their lives sure. getting back home with whatever they bought. It's easier for the sneaker moms, sneaker dads, to bring them in Long yeah, Island. Yeah, they, they they come to the show. We're not charging parents. If you come with your kids, the kids are the ones who really want the shoes. Um, we're not charging you. You you brought them. Plus, there isn't that much mass transit, so you have to bring them. Plus, they can park for free. Like oh. that is a funny enough. Like to me, I think that is like the iller part of our show is that you're not paying seventy dollars to park your car while your kid is in somewhere that you had to pay to get into to watch him act like a fool over some sneakers. Because when you're a parent, you're just like, this is crazy. True, and, and and it's hard for you to get, you know. Right. As we're on the topic of sneakers, we're gonna go in and out. We're gonna go from sneakers to music, just pause. to lifestyle. Pause to go in and out. Yeah. Yo, uh, it's funny because speaking of um, Quark, Quark knows that my pause game is, is is pretty up there, but sometimes he'd be catching me. Okay, he'd be catching me. I'm like, pause what the again. fuck? Okay, there we go. See, that's why he's on it. <laughs> pause he's again. He's on it. <laughs> I'm not on it. Pause. It's right now. Pause. Pause to being on it. But um, pause, baby. <laughs> did you one time? I remember somebody telling me that you were like in a boardroom and you paused like a, a bunch of like. Uh, Absolutely. Is this true? It's, it's true. Do you know what like, I'm talking you have about? Done a, you, did, did Did Reggie tell you that? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Who told you? <laughs> we're, we're not dropping. No, we're not. We're not dry okay. snitching here. But mm. uh, were you in a boardroom? Corporate. Absolutely. Corporate people. Absolutely. White people. Absolutely. And you pause them. Absolutely. You You have to understand. Once you're so engulfed in something, pause. Good you pause. You <laughs> can't forget what's happening just because you're in a certain room and you can't stop being who you are just because you're in a certain room the funny part is i the reason 
I mean, I believe that the reason I've gotten as far as I've gotten in my life is because I never stopped being who I am. Organic, authentic. So when you're in a room and somebody says something that's crazy to you, it doesn't matter if anybody understands what you, what you're talking about. If you say pause, it's because you know you heard something that just sounds absolutely insane. But then when these people turn around, like, huh? And you're like, uh, forget it, forget it. Yeah, but I still said pause because <laughs> well, who I, the fuck is taking uh, um, him and his note mental notes? Mental notes. It's mental notes. Okay. It's me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like hey, trust yo. me, trust me. When this game first started, I was there. Yeah. So you, if if you're a founder. A founding father or something yes, like this. Yes, you yes. never forget when who, something who, is crazy. Who were some of the other people that were like Dame, right? Uh, Dame, the best out. The crew called the best out. Yeah. Like the pause game started with that. And, and with who, the best who, out. Who were some of those people? Oh, shucks. Babalab, um, Biggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too many guys. Yo. The best Dame. out was a crew up in home. I said Dame, yeah. yeah. But I met the best out because of Dame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was his crew. When I'm when I started working with Damon in the music business, when I started working with Damon, period, one of the first things I did after I met him was go hang out with him so I could see what they was really about. And I met the best out and the best out knew who DJ Clark Kent was, of course. So it was a easy fit. Yeah, sure. Pause. But, uh, good pause. What was your first thoughts when you met Dame? Um, I thought. Because he's Harlem, and yeah. he—I don't know how he was back in the day—but he does no, no, come no. Off. He's, he's yeah. extremely Harlem. But the thing is, when we met, I was wearing airs, so okay. that takes okay. the yeah, that yeah. takes the wall sure, down sure, already sure. because he's looking at me going, "He's wearing airs," and I'm just like, "Well, dog, I'm I'm fresh." Yeah, you know. What is I'm that not like the, a Brooklyn thing? No, Harlem dudes don't think it's a Brooklyn thing. Oh, okay, no. because Harlem dudes think they're fresher than everybody. Yeah, they. I'm, okay, so my family is from Harlem, but I was raised in Hell's Kitchen. They love a match. Like I watched two Harlem dudes argue about the color on the Jordan pant not matching the red on the Jordan sneaker, and, and like I was like, this. is I don't just think too that's much. a Harlem thing. I think that's a fresh thing. That's just okay. They think it's a fresh thing because. Do you I, feel like you have to be, like, matchy to be fresh? It's not about matchy. It's about looking right. It, to me, you know, some of these kids look crazy. Okay. I just can't look like that. I come from a long time ago. And because I come from a long time ago, I was grown up a certain way. And we were grown up to look right as much as possible. So if you know that what you're wearing just ain't right, you should just not wear it. Well, keep in mind, too, he's a DJ. And I feel like DJ, well, I want to give an example, and this may be a weird example, but correction officers are, 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 the, are one of the biggest thieves. You know why? Crooks. Because they have one foot out. Like, and Dallas Penn told me this. One foot out, one foot in, and they go home. Right? Of the jails. DJs, to me, I feel like they travel, if you're good at it, you're able to travel the world, mm-hmm. see all these things, pick up things all over the places, and afford you the opportunity. Pause. Good pause. Damn, I feel like we're getting uh, we're getting too many pauses now on me. I got it. Now we just found out about you. Would you like to pause the conversation? No, we're not going to (laughs) pause. Okay, cool. But DJs, like you were able, you were afforded to travel. Absolutely. You you know, you went to Japan, and and you know what I mean, and you were copping things people you know didn't weren't able to cop. Right. You know. But even having said that, I don't even know why I brought that up. About the fit, because he was saying about the clothing and how he came up in a different time. That's one thing. That's that's the reason why I say that Quark stays true to himself, because I yet to see him wear a, a, a pair of joggers like that, like a, a tight-ass uh, Jagan's uh, joggers. <laughs> I'm like, yo, when, when is Quark going to come out wearing, like, you know, uh, um, one of them... Um, 
um, his shirts. His knots like, don't fit. You know what? what? He can't wear skinny jeans because his knots don't fit. Oh, I thought you said. You, yeah. you know, like a lot of people will look at that rhyme and go, uh, Jay-Z is just talking Jay-Z shit. But that's not the truth. It's real. Like I, like Sherrod knows, knows me. Like, and he can tell you like 99% of the time that he's ever seen me anywhere I always have money. Like, I'm not the car dude. Like, I always have money. I mean, like, that's what... Yo, you talking that mogul talk over there, no, boy. No, no, not like that. What I'm saying is, There's like... There's never a credit card. Like, yeah, I don't always understand cash. the credit card thing because I believe... But these companies now, you know, as right. you grow, they got to pay you in check. No? Oh, yeah, for sure. He going to cash yeah. that immediately. No, no, no. But no, 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 I'm not. No, no, no he's... Not. Listen, car, car, I'm going to put it away. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put it away. He, he, but he, he, I do enough... Where I where I where I get paid in cash? Where, yeah, I walk around. Where like if I'm going shopping, like I'm not using a credit card. Like I don't understand it because I feel like I could be missing something. If I'm counting it, I don't miss anything. I know what I. You're spent. such a Libra. Well, yo, goodness. His shoes were astrology. I'm, I'm goodness. I never even followed the astrology. I, I, I never listened to it. I don't know what any of that stuff means. And I believe that every time you read a horoscope, you can apply it to the next person. Yeah, sign. but I'm from Brooklyn, so I feel like when someone tries to read me astrology, they want money afterwards. Like, it's kind of like a, a mixtape. Like, yo, here's my CD. And then here, $5. Like, what are you talking about? You just gave me a CD. Now you want me to give you $5? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know how that shit go. I'm like, listen. But uh, anyway, I want to get back to uh, We're going to bounce around, and then we're going to take a break. Um, pause. We bounce. No, we bounce. See, you need to say things like that so he can't pause you. You should um, say the. You should say the things that are pause worthy. Now that we're bouncing around, Woo. and your knots don't fit. For, for those that for those that follow you in in, in the sneaker culture, yeah, okay, or sneaker game or sneaker whatever fuck we call it, right. okay. You made the one one two colorway. Yes, I did. A famous colorway. Yes. One one two is obviously the the three uh, you know numbers in the zip code of Brooklyn. Every zip code of Brooklyn. Uh, exactly, and. Um, how did that even come about? For those that don't know, how did what come about? Like, how, how did you to do a one one two colorway? How did it? How did it even? How did that even happen? Well, I had a, a meeting about the Air Force twenty fifth anniversary, mm -hmm. and in the meeting, I said something that somebody in the meeting thought was a good idea, and they asked, "Do you have a lawyer?" Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, I have a lawyer." And they were like, "Can we talk to him now?" And I'm like, well, why do you want to talk to my lawyer right now? They're like, because we like your idea and we don't want to use it. And then have you coming back to us going, that's our idea. So in that conversation, we were sitting at Blue Ribbon. We worked out a deal for me to be a consultant to the company. That was the first time? That was the very you first time. You talking about with Nike? Yeah, with Nike. And yeah. I, I signed a consulting agreement. And then, understand me, I signed a consulting agreement like right then and there. Like it was written up on paper that we were going to agree to do such and such for this amount of money and then the conversation went on at a table and because of the ideas um you have 21 mercer sure um the store well it's gentrified it's, now it's gentrified well i mean it's called it nike web right same difference it doesn't matter the idea of the <laughs> store was was to have an air force one store sure and the bespoke lab was an sure. idea that i helped yep. garner so when I was sitting at Nike at my first consultant meeting, like the the first thing, like I said, was, um, can I do a sneaker? And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, no, I don't want to do a sneaker that comes out. I just want to do one pair of sneakers and I want to go home with it. 
Right. Because you can do that at night. Sure. So they were like, well, what are you thinking? I said, no, nah, I just want to do this one sneaker. And so they sat me down with my friend, mm-hmm. Mark Liljic, mm-hmm. which I didn't know. Forget about that, it. Which I didn't know they were going to sit me down with him yeah. and that he was there. And I sit down with him like, Mark, Mark. So we talking. And I, he's like, what do you want to do? I said, I want this here, that there, that there, that there, that there. Two minutes. She's done. And Ashton Chambers, who's my other friend, mm-hmm. comes over Chambers. and he goes, yo, that shit is dope. And I was like, yeah, I only want one pair. And they were like, no, well, nah, let's see if you could do an Air Max. And they asked, not thinking or not even knowing, but Air Max is my second favorite shoe. Air Max 1. <laughs> right, right. So I was just like, oh, yeah, that, 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 that. And they were like, damn, that's like three three minutes again. And then they were like, yo, that's two parts of a, a ones pack. A ones pack is an Air Trainer one, Air Max one, and an Air Force one. And they were like, yeah, let's see if you can do an Air Trainer one. Now, that's the one that took me a little longer because I wasn't like the Air Trainer one fan. I did it, and they were like, yo, this should come out. So they called in the guy who runs things, the, the Kelly Herbert. at the, I mean, Kel, yeah, Kelly at this point. They called him in, and they said to him, like, this is what he came up with. It was like eight minutes, ten minutes maximum, and he he liked it and he was like yeah we call it a ones pack and then they're like okay well so what are you gonna call it and i was like oh brooklyn and they were like isn't that a little literal and i was like (laughs) well i'm from brooklyn and they were like could you be a little more you know do a little more and i was like all right 718 then i was like no 718 could be the bronx and staten island and queens and i honestly and it like no bullshit i was like fuck that and they were looking at me like, you don't like 718? We like 718. And when I said all of that to them, they were like, oh, so what are you going to do? And I sat there and I just looked at my address and I saw the 112. And I was like, every Brooklyn zip code starts with 112. So this really stands for Brooklyn. So I, I used that and then they put it in a box with a one and then they put that one inside of a phone booth to represent DJ Clark Kent. That's so dope. And the one is because it's a ones pack. And the one one two is inside of the one that's inside of a phone booth. So that's how I did. That that's how it happened. It happened because I was having a conversation about the twenty first anniversary. Being being in the right place at the right time with the right people. Yeah, you, I guess. No, you no, could no say and, that. and and being being someone who is, you know, accomplished to know what the fuck they're talking about. Right. You know, it's funny because having said that, most people who get an opportunity to do a shoe and have it released won't get any money for it. Oh yeah, they won't. And even like <laughs> if we go back to music. When you were an A and R at Atlantic, right? Most people can't travel, and most people can't. Right? Am I right. wrong? No, you can't. You got to work. You, 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 you got to go to work. The best of both worlds, man. When you think about it, 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 I, it, it, you could look at it and say that, but they hired me at Atlantic Records because I was DJ Clark Kent and because I was breaking records on radio. So they were like, if this guy knows a record when he hears it, maybe he can bring an artist with a record when he sees it. So. They don't want me to come and sit down. They want me to keep being who I am. No, no, I know. And and but what I'm saying is, back then people were more close-minded to do things. Like for instance, nowadays when people hire people, not everybody works in the office anymore. They want to save office space. Well, may, may make yeah. somebody work from home. Years ago, they never did that. No, you're right. If you got hired by a record company back then, they expected you to come to work. And when I got hired by Atlantic Records, the first thing she said was. I don't expect you to be here every morning like everyone else. In my mind, I'm going, yes, <laughs> because I didn't understand work correctly. 
You know what I'm saying? Like for the first two weeks, I went to work every day. And then she just pulled me over and was like, what have you done in, in these two weeks? And I was like, well, I've, I've been here and I've been listening to some music. So what have you found? And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, you don't find anything that you like. And I was like, nah. She said, that's because you're not being who you are. Do you wake up at nine in the morning, at, at eight in the morning? And I was like, no, I'm usually tired after the club. She was like, so why are you doing it? I said, because I have a job. She was like, but your job isn't letting you do what I need you to do effectively. So she said, keep being who you are. So I kept playing all the clubs. I was showing up to work at one o'clock. But every time I showed up to work, I had something to show her. Like, yo, I found this kid. He's doing this. And that's what she needed. Yeah. And so... And- I have to keep being no, me. No, no, no. I, I get what you're saying, but right. but it also, you know, there is a lot of blessings that, you know, came, you know, I feel that many people wouldn't wouldn't be able to access that. You, you, and right. it's because of your credibility, you know. And, it, and But let's get back to uh, uh, the sneakers uh, real quick, and, and then we'll take a break. Um, when you when you did the first 112 pack, mm-hmm. I remember it was beautiful. You went around all different spots in Brooklyn. Yeah. You went to Vinny's, right? And, uh, yeah. What, what I, I did with Vinny's was... Because they're one, Panamanian, two, friends, yeah. and their family is friends with my well, friends with my mom. Like his uncles and and fathers, their uncles and fathers were like close friends of my mom, and they're my boys. So I wanted them to to win, and they didn't have a Nike account. So what I said was, make a T-shirt that matches the shoes, and I'm gonna give all of my promo pairs away at your store. Mm. So in essence, what what I did was I'm gonna make I'm gonna make make Nike pay attention to you without having an account. So I made Nike pay attention. A Nike rep was there. Three weeks later, they had a Nike account because I did something for them with Nike that had nothing to do sure. with Nike. So Nike was going, oh shit, how did this happen? The line was up the block, and I was just giving away shoes. You know, it's I, I always say about relationships, and and I always speak about it on the show, mm-hmm. especially sneakers. Right, like the common bond of that love of of, of Shoes. R- rubber and leather, rubber as, and as leather. you say. That's it. That's all it is. I mean, look at our relationship. Right. I mean, look at somebody like me and Mayo. Look at even me and like all day, or right. like all, how it transpired mm-hmm. and met people and, and and took it. Look at me and Bun, and then how far we came and done things together. Mm-hmm. So the point, and and you have experienced those in your own in, in, in your own life, but. You know, it, it, it's really a beautiful thing when you're able to, you know, come together and do that. Like I remember, like I was good pause. No, no, I remember we. When I just work did, together. I just did a, a. I spoke to some high school students in, in Newark uh, last mm-hmm. week, and Neil Armstrong was uh, there, and he was talking about um, how I guess Sky, you know, Sky that uh, Sky Jelati, and uh, introduced him to Vashti. Mm-hmm. And this is when Vashi was working at Def Jam for a little uh, stint as right. like a creative director or mm-hmm. something like that. And I guess uh, Jay was like, "Hey, I need a DJ." And 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 she had recently just seen him spin in Reed Space, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Oh, you should get Neil Armstrong. He's dope. I mean, he's doing." And and he went on tour with him for like two two three years. But the yep. point I'm trying to make is, you're like you always been that like that mm-hmm. middle piece that that like you know yeah, that middle piece. I said pause. God damn it. <laughs> You've been that connection. The middleman. The middleman, yeah, right. for a long time and, and, and really never ever wanted anything for that. And that's no. that's that's always been special to me. I believe that if people should be doing things together, pause they should. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people go, uh, Ill Clock, you introduced Dame to Jay. If you didn't do that, it wouldn't be whatever. The bottom line is 
Jay needed a manager. Yeah. And because we were the way we were, we're street dudes. Like, so to me, the only way you're going to respect a manager is that that manager has the same edge while still wanting to be straightforward about things. So Dame was perfect for, for Jay. So I didn't do it. Pause. I didn't do it because it was just the most immaculate thing to do. It was no. You should have a real artist, and you should have someone who's gonna fight for you. But you, you, you know, it's funny you even went there. Now you made my break take longer. But uh, you, you, you met Jay through Jazzo, right? Yeah. And 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 if you go back to you, you were trying to sign him. You know, when you got into Atlantic, you've been telling people right. about him for a minute. Uh-huh. I remember you telling me stories and and, and heard stories about how. Big used to be uh, uh, upset because he's like, "Oh, he's talking about this dude," and yeah. and, and and you're like, "Yo, you're nice, but he's 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 nice," you yeah. know. <laughs> and, and it's funny because the same passion, you know, I wasn't there for those days, but those same passion I've seen uh-huh. you show people. I mean, I've seen you show people that you really fuck. if you fuck like yo. I, that's one thing I tell people like uh, I'm like yo, Clark's the type of dude like he'll try to make you believe the fucking sky is green or you know like if he really believes in it. You know? Well, if the sky is green, then the sky is green. Yeah, but even if it's not, you'll try to tell you like, yo, listen, it's fucking green. And somebody like, oh shit, Clark, you may be right, it's green. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's not green. And then, but for the moment, it may be green. Right. You understand? But it's, tell us when when you your first time you met Jay. Oh shit, I met. I think he might have been fifteen or sixteen. I think he was about fifteen. But um, I was friends with Fresh Gordon, and mm-hmm. Fresh Gordon was this producer and jazz used to make records with fresh gordon and jazz we went to the projects and his mans was there and they rhymed together and then we went back to fresh gordon's house and they was making songs and i was just like like this dude's amazing but it wasn't why why, why why was he amazing understand me it wasn't he's amazing just because it was he's amazing because he can rhyme with jazz now, if you're from Brooklyn and you knew Jazz O, you know Jazz O was the best MC in the universe because of how good he could rap. Mm-hmm. But you never thought someone right next to him was going to rap that good also. So he rhymed as good as Jazz O, which was insanity. So I, you never forget. Plus, he was younger and he had the other thing. He had more swag. What more of what they call swag? He just was cooler. Jazz was the consummate lyricist. Like, there's it's impossible to speak about how good Jay Z is if you knew Jazz because Jazz was amazing lyrically. I mean, some have you have you still keep in touch with Jazzo? Yeah, I actually spoke to Jazzo almost two months ago. What, what is he doing? I'm actually not sure what he's doing, but I spoke to him because they were doing, you know, reasonable doubt conversations. And I just called him up I'm like, yo, what's up, Johnny Burks? <laughs> and uh, Did you, would you ever a person when you met Jazz at that time and the way you speak so highly of him? Right. Would you ever think to be sitting here today and how the tables kind of turned? Um, I don't think when you when you're in the beginning of those situations, you don't you don't you have no idea what's going to happen. All I know is. um Everything happens for a reason. So know this. When I met him, I was like, he's the best. Mm. Right? But it was hard to say it 
because 10 minutes before I thought Jazz was the best. Mm. But I still thought Jazz was the best and he was like right there with him. So like, yeah, so Jay-Z is like the best also. So some years go by and I see the things happen with Jazz and Jay um, rhyming together and making songs and then he goes and does songs with Kane and, and I see things happening and then when I get the ability to do something in the music business the only artist I thought was, oh, I want Jazz and Jay-Z. To sign them. Yeah, I was going to sign Jazz and Jay-Z. And, and you were in the place to do that. Absolutely. And, and but, it, but, it, you know, everything had a process. So, cool. I'm like, yo, Jazz. First of all, it was finding Jazz. Because to me, Jazz and Jay-Z, Jazz is, is, is the leader. Mm. So you got to find Jazz. And that took like. So you had to beep him. I had to find him, and he was quite unfindable. They had social media. You had to get nah. to go dead. Yeah, you had to. You had to call your mans who knew your mans who knew your mans who knew. Sure, man. sure. That that, that 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 was the tools that we used. So I found him, and then I'm like, "Yo, where's Jay?" He was like, "Oh, he's 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 out of town," and I'm like, "Yeah, now well, we got to call him." He was like, "Oh, so now now we got to go find his mans who finds his mans who finds his mans who finds his mans <laughs> who finds him," and then I find him, and then I convince him. Let's talk. He comes up. It's me, Jazz, and Jay. And then they're like, yo, we go to Marcy. And then they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, it's our next man, too. Sauce Money. So I'm just like, okay. Look, I I was looking for Jazz and Jay. And Jay doesn't give a fuck. And Jazz is like, oh, shit, yeah, we should be. You mean doesn't give a fuck because he didn't care to be signed because he was doing what he was doing? Right. Kind of like when in that ludicrous song, what the fuck did he say? He says, uh, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're fucking, you're a burnout. He said, he said, said, I um, I rhyme to keep clock off my back while grinding G-Packs. No, no, he said it different. He said, that's the bottom line. The only reason why he was uh, rhyming was because, shout out to Clark, he said something like, uh, I was grind. I, I I rhymed to keep clock off my back while grinding G packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's hustling, and I wouldn't stop telling him, "You dog, we we, yeah, yeah, you we really gotta, need we to be rapped." And he but didn't. The, yeah. But the thing is, it's it's Jazz who I called first. So Jazz is bringing Jay, and then Jay is bringing Sauce. So now it's like, okay, I guess this is a group. And His I guess name this was is one. was it wasn't Jay at that time though, right? Yeah, or it was it? always it's Jay Jay Z. Oh, because I heard long. like. That he like people were saying that he kind of like stole Jazz's name like Jazz. Nah, his name was Jazzy in the very beginning, but like that was way before anybody knew. Okay, you know what I'm saying? So, but that's how he came up with Jay Z. For Jay Z came from Jazzy, but it wasn't he wasn't Jazzy because of Jazz. Okay, but you know it is what it is. But at that time, it was well, it's all of us, and we all get busy. So here I am, like, okay, I got to figure out how to make all of their music and make it all, and we're all going to be happily signed artists, and everybody's going to be happy. And it it just didn't work out that way. Um, Jay started to have this other thing about him that made you pay more attention to him um, rhyming. And then Sauce was equally out of his mind, and too. And his pen like, game is, is, is crazy, too. Who, Sauce? Sauce. Now, yeah. Sauce is vicious. Yeah. And... You know, the, the ones who were taking it the most seriously was Jay and Sauce. Crazily, because Jazz was the one who I called first. Right. And then Jay was the one who didn't want to do it. So then all of a sudden, he's the most serious. But was Atlantic willing to do it? Absolutely not. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. So, so, and so, understand me, when I was finding everybody, I was bringing them to my office going, we're going to do this. But we need to make some records. 
So we started to make records. And then, you know, Jay just started doing songs on his own and Sauce is doing songs on his own. And every time I was doing a remix, I was calling Jay like, yo, come get on this remix. Every time somebody needed a verse written, I was like, yo, Jay, write this verse. I kept trying to force sure, Jay you were giving them, you were giving them work, giving them spotlight, giving them... The funny part is, if you look at what I was doing with Jay, at the time I was doing it with Jay, pause, it's Good what point. all of these artists started doing later. Like, yeah, put them on this remix, put them on that remix, put them here, put them there. I was doing that shit way before he had a record you, deal. You were setting them, all, setting them up for success? Yeah, but that set them up theory started to work later. Remember how Biggie was on everybody's record? Yeah. Like, that's what, that theory came later, but I was doing it, like, years before. Yeah. And didn't even, like, think about it. I was just like, well, I'm doing a remix. Jay's my guy. I'm putting Jay on. Did you ever bump into some of these people who didn't want to sign Jay later on and they looked at you like, all of them? You have to understand. What did they say? You have to understand because once it finally started to pop off, I'm senior vice president over at Motown Records and we're looking at everybody like, you guys, all of you guys are suckers and clowns. (laughs) Now, you have to understand. Jay didn't want to do this rap thing because he believed all rappers were, were like were like suckers and yeah. liars. Yeah. Because it was like, look at all you dudes doing all this shit to make this money that I blow at a club. Mm. So how are you going to look at another rapper and be like, I respect him? He brags different. Yeah. Yeah. Since the beginning. But, but you have to understand, like, he bragged different from the beginning. Right. So... That's why it was so hard to accept him in the beginning because you looked at it and was like, impossible. And then you see it and you're just like, that's fucked up. Yeah. Because we'd go in a club and Mayor could tell you, he was at Esso's. We'd sure. go in a club and buy all the Cristal before the club opened. He, May, May was on here and told that story how yeah. they used to like pre-order yeah, yeah, the like shit. buy yeah. the, oh, you don't sell Cristal? Get some because we're coming to the club tonight. <laughs> and and buy, But buy it all. And then when we get there, no one can have it. And they're all confused about what is that shit right. in the yellow bottles. But yeah. then they started hating. So he said he wasn't going to do it no more motherfuckers racist. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know what? We'll take a break. And listen, we also got the Big and J story. We got to mm-hmm. talk more about this sneaker expo happening in Long Island on September 17th. Okay. And we got some other shit to talk about. Some parenting shit. I want to talk about some parenting oh, shit real boy. quick. We both got children. Well, you got a daughter. Yeah, and I got son. a daughter and a son. And he's, okay. got, a, he's got a little boy, right? Little mm-hmm. boy, yo. Actually, what, what what Jay said in that, and he said a couple of songs he, he threw at you, but he said, "Hip hop started out in the park. We used to do it to avoid the knocks. Mm-hmm. I used to do it so the homeboy Clark can get the, the fuck, fuck off, off my, my back, back while, while I knocked off these packs." Right. Well, yo, honestly, that was a beautiful shout. When I, I remember hearing that song, and I loved the beat to that song. When he said that, it was that kind of like, why did you feel it was a shout instead of just an actual fact? Well, here's the thing. Even like when he said, uh, um. Quark sought me out. Dame believe. Right. Right. That's and not then, a shout out. No, no, hold on. And then, and, and then another one. That's a fact. No, it is a potato, fact. Potato, potato. You finish or you die. No, no, no. I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. But, but most. He gets what I'm saying. No, no, no. I do get what he's saying. But most people take things in pause differently. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is I know somebody that has been telling stories. Like you're, you're, you're a storyteller. That's not abuse sense. Like, you know how mm-hmm. we used to grow up like kids a storyteller. Right. You're a storyteller. You have stories. You've seen a lot. Mm-hmm. But most times I don't think they get acknowledged. Like, I, like we're going to go to break, but I'm going to tell you this. Even remember some people try to say like like uh, when, when digital was really moving in the beginning, people say like Quark, he wasn't uh, uh, fresh years ago. Remember, you, you remember anybody ever saying that? 
I don't know. Fresh. I was like, fresh. I don't know. I mean, like people questioning if you got fresh back in the day. I've seen people, uh, like, right? And, I don't, it, and if anybody, anybody questioned whether I got fresh back in the days, you don't. They I know, were I've, clowns. I've seen that on Twitter. We've oh, seen. Okay. It. You, you don't remember ever? No, I don't. This I, is years ago. Yeah, but, it had to be because. But but what I'm saying is, <sighs> this yeah, put some respect. Yeah, you, no, 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 no. Here's my thing. Like, you, I can't be this right with it overnight. This mm-hmm. shit just don't happen like overnight. Mm-hmm. Yo, you talking don't... that talk again. And I'm trying not to. Get but it. what I'm saying is it just doesn't get this right overnight. Like you can't walk in. Like Dame Dash. Get him. I met him when he was 18. Get him. The first time he came to my crib, he thought it was Foot Locker. Mm. And, he, and he makes jokes about the fact that every week I bought three Pele jackets. Get him. Like, like that... Like, come on! Like, I'm t- understand me. This is over twenty years ago. That is not overnight shit. Like, Jill Clark, you dropping mad accolades on us. Let but, us go to break. But who was taking all these pictures too back in the day? Because what I love is when I see the old who school cares? pics. Now, the reason why I say that for is because it shows the people who oh. don't understand. Oh, that's well, the thing. You have to. You know what's crazy? Again, man, I, I I say it all the time. Like, you don't know you're making history when you're making it because you're not. You're just doing it. So, like, we, everybody goes, yo, man, how did it feel to make history making reasonable doubt? I'm like, well, first of all, motherfucker didn't want to do it. So I don't feel like we was making history. We was just trying to make him rap. Yeah. So when we was making an album, it wasn't so that we could make history. It was so that we could finally say, I did it. Yeah. On, I made him a record because he didn't want to. And it was, we're going to make one and we're going to slide off. Eight. So pause. Pause. Okay. We're pause, gonna, pause. Yeah. But that was the idea. We're gonna make a record and then it's over. And we was all like, Okay, cool. Got In my it. heart, I was like, I hope not, but I was like, I got to the point where I just look, one one two. I got to the point where I had to be comfortable with the fact that we're not gonna make no more records. And I got to that point and then reasonable doubt comes out and I everything that I was trying to tell everybody was finally true. They all were like, "Oh shit, he's right." I, I got. I got to before we go to break. I got to. I got to say this. Why? You know, we'll get into some. I want. I want a couple of backstories of some of the songs you produced. Um, but why uh, have haven't you and Jay ever worked again? Wait, uh, let's leave that and make the internet get their popcorn because I know this is going to be a good story. Internet, it's not that crazy. We no, gotta no, take a break. It's okay. Please. After the story, we'll go to the break. Okay. Okay. It's not that crazy. Like, me and Jay are friends. And you have to understand, if you're going a certain way musically and what I'm doing doesn't fit, then it just doesn't fit. There's no love loss. When he was starting his second album, I was vice president at a record company. I had to run shit. So, like, I couldn't stop and go, I'm going to go over here and make these records on him. And the ball had to keep rolling. Pause. So, with that... He started doing a second album. He went with what he felt was right at the moment, which was, you know, the Puff Daddy era type. And it went that way and it didn't work as well as it's supposed to. And then the growth process kept happening for him. But after Jay learned how to make great records, like you don't have to have the the same thing happen. And you have to, again, like you also have to remember I was Biggs DJ when we were doing Reasonable Doubt. Yep. I was Puff's DJ when we were finally, when he finally went on the road and then he was doing other records, but it was like too late. I was doing Junior Mafia. I was being a producer and a show DJ 
on other projects. But to me, my job had been done making that album. Yeah. Because and, and you did it, accomplish it, a lot it, with him. Yeah. But I did accomplish a lot like before that. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So it was just part of the process. And I, 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 I always believe that things happen because they're supposed to happen. So if we didn't make a record, it was because we wasn't supposed to. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't go, what you got? Like, and that just happened the other day. Sure, sure. He was like, yo, what you got? Like, he was mad at me because I gave Rick Ross a record. Yeah. And he liked the record. He was like, yo, why didn't... Yeah, he was like, yo, why you didn't give me that record? And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, the joint you just did for Ross, you just... just why you didn't get that to me? And I was like, I didn't know you was working on a record. He said, I don't care if I'm working on a record or not. You give me everything first. <laughs> and the thing is, he was used to that. I it, give him a record. For, I give him every record first because he was my artist. Jay's back uh, back in the studio. I don't know. All I know is he was like, what you got? Okay. Anytime you see Jay-Z's hair growing. Yeah, that means. Albums is being made. Or vacation. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> but internet listen, we'll come back with Quark, DJ Sherrod. Uh, don't go nowhere. You listen to the Premium Pete Show with Miss Lissa Knows. Ow. Be right back. Chit chit. Miss Lissa, you yes. know this episode is sponsored by Bevel, which is so dope. And it's, it, I mean, it's super dope because not only do we get a chance to be supported by people that we fuck with and and and, and promote products that we fuck with, right? But we also get to give a code to people where they get some money off. What's the code? P-E-T-E. Pete? Yep. So I just go to getbevel.com and enter Pete and I get how much off? 20% off. That's dope. I love Bevel because it's dermatologist proven to prevent skin discoloration, irritation, Any and bumps. razor bumps. Yeah, and, and you know, that, here's the thing too. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, um, it's not only for black people. I use it. My man, my, my man uh, uh, Juan, he uses it. Well, Spanish you know, dude. black is in, in Italian, so hand in hand, because we both have that coarse, coily hair. Well, here's the thing to me: what Bevel is doing is changing the game. Okay, these people have concierge service for blades. You know, like I think that's a dope thing. Like you know, the way they, they really care about their customers. Internets, listen, I appreciate them. Check them out. Getbevel.com. Use code Pete. Get twenty percent off your next order. And, and listen, go fuck with them. Shave smarter and really support people that are putting out great products. Their trimmer is off the chain. I mean, they got Nas as an investor. You know, I, I mean, I love everything they're doing. I'm inspired by them, and I'm also appreciating them. Again, Me too. Again, internet. Go to getbevel.com. Use code Pete at checkout. Get 20% off your next order. Now let's get back to the show. Ow. Cheer. Internets, and we're back. We're sitting here with DJ Kent, DJ Sherrod. True. The crazy Miss Listen knows. Premio to God. Yeah, you know, before we go too much further, can I shout out um, Erica Schaefer? Sure. Uh, A.K.A. Gimme Two Pairs because she makes Schaefer. everything that we're doing. That- Everything that we're doing, she's the glue between all of us. Hey, I just listen. wanted to shout that out. You don't have to know her. You don't have to see her. But you can follow her at Gimme2Pairs, G-I-M-M-E, two pairs, on Instagram. She is the glue. Now, when you say glue, is doing. she Elmer's glue? Is she crazy glue? She's Gorilla she's, Glue. She's Gorilla Glue because if she's not in the middle of everything that we're doing, like sometimes things could fall apart. I will say she wasn't the glue before, but this year, on this one, she's making all of well, what go. we do stick. So she's she's bomb, and I just wanted to shout her out just because, you know, we do so much, and, you know, not everybody gets acknowledged the way they 
they could or they should. So I just wanted to make sure that we had Sure. And then in anything in life, too, I think that especially people who are behind the scenes. Right. And um, she's been working with us from the beginning. Yeah. So when people are behind the scenes, I feel like sometimes they, you know, they do go, you know, unnoticed. And if she was black, I'd be like, that's my nigga. But she's, you know, she's white. She, so. she, she's, well, Schaefer, what is that? Jewish? Okay, German. Okay, German. No Shout out to all the Germans. Good Morgan. Shout out. What? Good Morgan. You see how fast she is? I speak German a little bit. So whenever you're feeling like homesick and you want to, you know, have a good meal, you come on down to Hello Berlin. My aunt owns it. Yeah, shout out to my aunt Bernadette. And I got you. All three of y'all. There you Hello go. Berlin. The Hello Ger- Berlin. The German 45th mafia. 45th Street, 10th Avenue. It's one of the first German restaurants. Hey, she in... didn't pay no uh, uh, advertisement to get on here. You better fall back with your aunt. Okay? She's my aunt. We charging her. We charging her. See, see how the Lord, the oh, Lord sh- don't like it <laughs> when, when you try to come after the, the family. Yo, um, did you just break the mic? No, nah, I didn't break the mic. The Lord mic. did that. That mic. was Jesus. He don't play no game. That's my publicist. Yo, God is my publicist. You start talking crazy, bam, ain't no microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, shout out to the German Mafia. But listen, as we get back to things, I want want to talk about how you, like I was saying before, for people who may not know, but being friends with so many people, Mm -hmm. being involved in so many different cultures, being what I call the bridge for, uh, one of the bridges for Mm -hmm. hip-hop. You definitely have to go down as being one of the bridges that put forth so many things to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, you introduced uh, Jay-Z, uh, to Dame Dash, right? Mm-hmm. You introduce Jay Z to Biggie Smalls, mm-hmm. right? So I love the story. I remember you telling me, and, and 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 it's it's just a special story. Tell us a story about how Jay and Big met, and the whole Brooklyn finest downstairs in the car shit. Remember you? you know? Oh, um, okay. So I'm doing a song in the studio with Big uh, for Junior Mafia. Mm-hmm. And what song is that? That day, I think we might have been doing a song for the Snakes. The, okay. um, I can't remember the name of the Snakes record, but that might have been what we were doing that day. And for a while in the session, he just wanted to hear some more beats, like for other artists who were going on Dream Mafia's album. And we let, I just let a dat play. And at the end of the dat, it was two beats. One was. Um, a beat that I had to give to uh, that I gave to uh, Mad Skills, so he mm-hmm. so he heard it. He was like, "Yo, what's that?" And I was like, "That's for Mad Skills." He's he's mad immediately. Big, right? He's mad. He's like, "What the fuck? The fuck, you giving him a beat for?" Like that's really the way it went down. And then we turned around and sampled his voice on the beat, so that made it even worse. Yeah. Anyway, but he was mad about that. But then right behind it was a beat for Brooklyn's Finest, and I'm like, "Nah, that that that's for Jay." He was like, "Nigga." What the fuck? You can't be in here playing shit and be giving it to other motherfuckers. Be like, come on. Yo, I need that. That's all just for Jay-Z. Jay, if Jay wants something, he gets it. He's first. Come on, man. But we in here doing this. We over here doing this. And I'm explaining to him that every beat goes through Jay first. Because Jay was your artist. Right. So every track that I made went through him. Like, Jay didn't want to play his anthem. But, so we ended up using play his anthem. But just imagine... Like, Jay was like, I don't want it. That's why you got to hear it. So if Jay didn't want some, then you got to hear it. So the funny part is, even before that, I gave, after Jay didn't want Player's Anthem, actually, funny enough, that's the one beat that I gave to an artist before I gave it to Jay. And it was just, it just happened. I gave it to LL first. 
Really? Yeah. I, and it was because I had just made the beat and I was making him a beat tape and it was on the beat tape. So I gave it to him and the next day I gave it to Jay and Jay didn't want it. So I was like, Whew. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so then some time goes by and I give it to Big and we're on the road when I give it to Big and he automatically comes up with the hook. So we're like, we're going home and we record. So when Player's Anthem comes out, or when we finished recording Players Anthem, we made a, a acetate of it the same day, and it was the night of the tunnel. Mm. It was tunnel night, so we went to the tunnel and was like, "Yo, play this record, plays the record." Everybody goes crazy. So Who's you there? To, you went up to the DJ booth. Yeah, no, yeah. And it was it was me, you know? Big, Un. It was all of us, and it was it was Cap, Cap and Flex Cap was, were there. Okay, okay. Rest so in peace. it was like, "Yo, play the record." Yeah, rest in peace to Cap. Um, so Cap Flex didn't play it immediately. Flex didn't play it. Like Cap was like fuck it and he just played it but it was so dope oh my that he God. just kept playing it who's there who ll what yo clock you made that yeah he was like yo i want something like that i was like well you had it first <laughs> he was like what do you mean i said dog the tape i gave you was on the tape that that day it let me know that artists don't really hear music well mm. They hear music once the whole thing is done. So that's why artists really should have a producer who can tell them what the record's supposed to do. Anyway, back to the story. He hears the beat and he's mad because I'm giving it to Big. I mean, I'm giving it to Jay. So I, he was like, I want to be on that record. But you don't know, dude. So how are you getting on the record with him? But I'm in my mind, I'm going, yes, he'll be <laughs> on the record. He was like, Yo, Clark, man, I don't know, man. I just need to, I need that beat or I need to be on the record. I was like, yo, I'm going to record the record now. Just come to the studio, sit down in the car. And I'll just talk to him. When I walk in the studio, it's full. I track the beat. And so it's big, not. Big's outside? Yeah, Big's downstairs. But he's smoking, so he's straight. As long as Big has some yeah. weed, he was good. He'll wait for 10 hours if he got some weed for 10 hours, right? So I'm in the studio. I go in the studio, I, I track the beat, track the beat, takes 25 minutes. Jay-Z goes in the booth in 30, then like 20 minutes, he's done. What the fuck? So I'm like, yo, yo, you should let Big get on this. And I was only trying to say it to him. Dame hears it. Fuck that, we don't know him and we ain't paying Puff no money. <laughs> like that was his answer. It was like, fuck that, we don't know him and we ain't paying Puff no money. So I'm just like. Oh, okay but big but then jay is like you know we don't really know dude like that and i go well you know i'm on the road djing for him he's like well if you can make it happen it's all good but dame <laughs> says again but we ain't paying puff no fucking money like just like that it was like almost like we'll choke puff we ain't giving him no money so i'm like yeah i go to the bathroom i walk out go down to the elevator bring big back up the whole studio's like you a funny nigga. Like, that's the answer <laughs> that everybody said. Dame, Dame was the first one. He was like, yeah, you a funny nigga. And Jay was like, well, you a funny nigga. And then I introduced them. And then he was like, yo, you fuck with it? And he was like, yeah. So Jay stands there for 15 to 20 minutes, bopping his head because the beat is playing. Sure. And he goes back in the booth and changes all of his rhymes. Wow. And leaves the spaces. Like, yeah, you can go in That's and That's half of the back and forth. Yeah, but the record was done. It was. It had two titles. It was either going to be called Once You Get Started or No More Mr. Nice Guy. Okay, okay. 
Now, the record's done. It's like three verses. It's done. But he stands there for 15, 20 minutes bobbing his head. And he goes back in the booth and changes everything and goes, hey. And Big is like, yo, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> now, you need to know. While we're on the road, I'm ghetto news. Man, you need to know my nigga Jay-Z is the illest. And I'm on a tour and Junior Mafia is on the bus. And two of Big's grimy niggas is on the bus. So every time I mention something that's not pro-Big, it's, fuck you talking about? Yeah. Yo, fuck this nigga. Yo, man, make that nigga go home, yo. Fuck Clark. Like, really? From everybody. Because it was, I wasn't praising Big. I'm praising my guy too big. Like, you got to hear my man. So every day when we're on the road, I'm telling him, yo, just drop this record. It's crazy. You need to hear Dead President. It's good. Yo, Toe Clock is good. But then when Un called him, it was like, yo, did you hear the remix Dead Presidents? And we're on the road. I know what it is. I'm trying to tell him. He don't want to hear. So Un's on the phone going, hey, yo, son, this motherfucker's going crazy. <laughs> so he plays it over the phone. And he's like, shit yo clock your man is ill and i was like yes, yes. i'm fucking telling you when when junior mafia was complaining and all that you know about mm-hmm. you not being pro big i remember hearing the thing is stuff. i wasn't not no, no, pro I, know big. You, I know you, you told <laughs> yeah. me you, you big big but yeah big up pause, like yeah but keep in mind too i remember when you you i remember you telling me something or i remember hearing that uh that's when you figured out what was a you know the difference between a rapper and an mc and you explained that Mm-hmm. to Big yeah. and Junior Mafia at the time. Right. Because there's plenty of times where you talk about there's a difference between being a rapper and being an MC. Right. And you explain that to them. Yeah. You, I, yeah. Uh, well, okay. To me, the MC is the guy who's like 150% on his bars. Mm-hmm. The rapper is the guy who could turn those bars into a great song and then make everything that that revolves around him as a person be larger than life. So Jay did become an amazing rapper, but he was the best MC we've ever seen first. So to me, when I look at MCs and rappers, I can go one and two on Jay and Big. One, best MC I've ever seen still to this day is, is, is Hove. Second best MC I've ever seen is Big. Mm-hmm. With with that short catalog, still, I don't know anybody who's said better rhymes than him but Hope. But then if I go rapper, I go Big's the best rapper we've ever seen. He's Big's best rapper we'll ever see. Mm-hmm. And the second best rapper it, we'll ever see is, is, is Hope. Because of the way he says his rhymes. It's the way big. he says it. It's the presentation. It's the record. It's everything. Think about this. Big... And I'm not trying to disrespect him in any way because that was my nigga. Big made it hot to be fat and unattractive. Mm. However. Like, like now, it was okay. To have, after, however. Understand me. It was okay to love that dude based off of the way he said his rhymes. And understand me. Being a great rapper means... The way you say your rhymes is the other shit because Big said, the more I smoke, the smaller the Philly gets. And people thought the world was coming to an end. And if you listen to it, it's like, really? That's what really happens. So what? (laughs) That's what happens anyway. But the way he said it at the moment that he said it made it the illest line in the world at that moment. And I'm going, but but me, the MC lover is going, 
Dog, 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 what? What? You you got away with that? And then I was like, you know what? The way you said it was so good. Because we'd be in clubs and people would be like, come on, smoke the small little bit. I'm just like, so what? How about you be more gone than Freeman? Yeah. That's big. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I'm the MC guy who understands be- becoming a rapper. That's why I can consciously say Tupac is one of the best rappers alive, but one of the he's not even in my top 50 of MCs. But he's definitely in my top 10 of rappers because when you hear him, you're just like, wow. Yeah, he's powerful. He's powerful. Like it, And it's not the rhymes. It's the way he's saying the rhymes. I mean, how many times have you heard Tupac say the weed and the Hennessy? Yeah. Like, dog, <laughs> stop right saying this. But you done heard it. You done heard it so many times and you weren't mad. It's because of the way he said it. But if you were listening for lyricism, you're going, dog, how many times are you going to do weed and Hennessy? You dig what I'm saying? So you listen to it differently if you listen to it. As as I'm seeing and rapping, so I look at Pusha T. Pusha T's bar mania, but if he's not putting it together as eloquently as, or he's if he's not saying it as good as another rapper, you'll miss how amazing he is. So like you got the guy, the guy who might have it like even right now, like perfectly even, always is fat. I was just going to say Fab that is, I love you. Fab is an insane lyricist who says his rhymes amazingly. He, he just don't have that drive behind it, though. Like, I feel like he's just too comfortable in the mixtape game that he's well, not, like... Uh, think about this. He's 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 grown, mm-hmm. and he's still killing he's shit. He's killing it. And his rhyming is effortless for him. Like, he just is that witty he's yeah. always been that yeah. witty but now it's he's witty and he's grown so his witty bars are grown up yeah now think about this when the first time you heard jay-z he was so fucking grown yeah. and witty that the, the average rat kid was going what the fuck is happening i talk jewels and spit diamonds i'm all cherry like a hymen when i'm rhyming with remarkable time what the fuck are you talking about he used to have like that Un- machine gun flow like that he did like that, that too fast too but and if you listen to what he was now. saying it was amazing what he yeah. said but until he was like let me give y'all some perspective that's when you were like oh shit look what the fuck just happened to us but even with the big story mm-hmm. and rounding that off um you know he left the spaces for big yeah, and it took like two months for Big to come back with what? the rhyme. But the funny part was right then and there, what I was telling him that he didn't believe is what he saw. I said, dog, my nigga don't write no raps, B. What the fuck are you talking about? Everybody writes rhymes. Sure. He saw that happen and was like, Clark, he just changed all the rhyme. I told you you don't write no No, I'm, understand me. He's sitting here. I'm here. And I, got, I told you you don't write no rhymes. He so Biggie like, did? Yeah. Biggie wrote rhymes, uh-huh. but but that day he stopped. And the question became, how did he do that? And I told him how he did it, and he never wrote rhymes again. And and how did he do it? He told right in his mind. <laughs> okay, the the first thing that kids learn, that they have to learn, that they do learn, is your ABCs. How do you learn it? Um, by by singing it, not through singing. Okay, rhythm. Okay. If you listen to Jay, he rhymes in rhythm. Rhythm. So that's how he remembers the rhymes. He writes them in his mind to a rhythm. So you can remember things if you're doing it to a rhythm, just like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Kids are like two, three when they're learning that. How do they learn that? The Mm. rhythm. Mm. 
If you can, re- if you can remember the rhythm, you can remember everything that goes in the rhythm. Aha! Gems. Aha! Aha! Where's the spoon? I, I tell you, even, even, <laughs> where's the spoon? Stupid. <laughs> uh, what is that? Velvet. <laughs> you know, even, even, um, hearing that, remember you saying that, um, Kane. Back mm-hmm. in the day, you're saying that he switched up his style the first time he heard Jay. Now, his, or, or Big. His, who, who'd you say? Hmm? I remember you, you no, said. Okay. What I would say, if I was speaking about Big and Jay, is that when Big heard Jay properly, he was forced to be iller. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He was forced to be iller because it was, oh, yeah, there is somebody that's dumb nice, too. And it was this guy. He was like, yeah, I got to be iller. Because this dude is L. Some like, say that that Big L did that to Jay too. I wouldn't say that. No, no. That's because she's from uh, Hell's Kitchen. I'm about to say. I mean, I mean that's cool. I, I, I would. I wouldn't say that. Okay. I mean, we went to L's block and mm-hmm. told him to come outside. Let's battle. Right. And he didn't know. And then he came downstairs and saw Jay Z and was like, "Oh no, nah, I don't want to battle." Were you there for the uh, Jay Z uh, DMX battle? <laughs> nah. But I know exactly what happened. So I mean, well, he, 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 I mean, you have to understand. DMX is a, an, an extremely aggressive, and he was a dope MC. It's just that he ran up against somebody who had so much finesse. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing, man. He just had his he 15th. yelling and barking. <laughs> <laughs> He's who, angry. You got to wait for him to start sweating Yo, and you, screaming. If you're in a battle against DMX, you might almost be scared into losing. Right. Yeah. Because of how aggressive you know why people love dmx because no matter what he said you believed him that's the reason why people love tupac because they believed him they didn't think he was nice but they believe him so much that they believe he's nice the weed in the Tennessee. but if you if you believe someone why why do people like jeezy they don't think he's nice they think he's telling the truth and he got a good voice but if he's telling the truth, they believe he's telling the truth. That is that thing that the rapper has to have. That thing that makes you believe them. That's what the rapper has. Like, with all due respect, you don't believe everything Drake is saying? I do. No, That's because no, he be saying people's names. But wait, no, but I believe him because what he says matches him yeah when somebody says some shit that you know you didn't do dog you're just looking at him like come on yeah like if drake was killing niggas you'd be like drake drake you ain't shooting nothing you know your hair's but is he nice he's super nice and you believe him that's why he's one of the best rappers ever yeah think about it eminem eminem there's times when you're just like that rhyme was cool but it's the way he said it and the fact that you know you can believe him you know he ain't put his baby mother in a goddamn trunk, but the way he said it right. made you believe it. Hey, listen, Every he, album. he inspired me to throw uh, some people uh, in the river allegedly. You know when he was going, right. you know. But yo, it, but you believe him. No, no, you know I related to him a lot. You know, I, I liked the way you know with his daughter. You know, I remember him. You know, yeah. Haley. You know why black people love Eminem? Why? Because they feel like they're getting a look into to a white person's life, because they don't really know. Because white people aren't going on TV doing all their buffoonery. Black yeah. people are doing buffoonery. So white people are going, yep, we know what's up with them. But white people aren't doing it like that. So when you hear Eminem, they're going, oh, yeah, oh, I believe that shit. And they think 
they're crazy. Well, I mean, first time you heard Eminem, did you think it was a joke? Not at all. But I had heard Eminem when before he was going to sign with Duck Down. I heard him before. I know that him and Cheeto XL are practically the same MC. Yeah. Like I heard them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll tell you, you know, it. it's it, it's just funny to even think about like where you start hearing these people and where they are today. You know, and, and what they're, you know, what they looked at as, you know. I can't even imagine what it would have been if he would have signed the Duck Down. You think about that. Drew, I think I think it's crazy. I, Drew High, Drew High would have fucking forget about it. The the Hanukkahs would have been lit. Well, so, that's maybe. Well, that's true. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's maybe. You're right. He signed to Dr. Dre, and it was something else. You don't know what it would have been if he'd have signed to Duck Down. So, like I said, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um, before we even go into some sneakers talking, and then you hear me right. <laughs> Before we even go to some sneaker talk, and, and then we wind up rounding up this episode, um, I want to definitely hear some quick stories, like about like some songs that I mentioned. So, like you know, like you know, something that maybe somebody may not know, or just a little tidbit of it, like "Sky's the Limit," like when you made that. Um, "Sky's the Limit" was Akinelli's record, mm-hmm. but nobody knows that it was Akinelli's record. And then when we had the conf- first of all, I, me and Akinelli was super tight. Like, that's my man. He's Panamanian, too. But we were super tight. I'm the first person that Akinelli brought Nas to. Really? But Nas didn't have a demo. And when I worked at Atlantic Records, no artist got signed without a demo. But he didn't have a demo. So as much as I was telling Sylvia, he's the guy, he's the guy, he's the guy, she was just like, where's his music? And I didn't have it. So I couldn't sign Nas. (laughs) But Nas... In our conversation when we was there, I was like, dog, we just signed Dots Effects. They had a whole album done. We just got to do some songs. He took away, oh, you didn't sign me because you signed Dots Effects. But he, not then, but like later on in life, after years go by, he he sings on a, he raps on a record that I didn't sign him because I had signed Dots Effects. And in my mind, I'm going, could you call Akinelli and ask Akinelli why you didn't get signed? Because he was there. Remember, you didn't have a demo. Remember that? <laughs> But um, so so, people people forget, man. Yeah, but it's cool. They forget they want. I'm not sure. I mean, what it should tell you is, look where my mind was musically that I wanted to sign Nas. Yeah. And Hove. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to sign Nas and Hove. Yeah. Listen. All right. Where you at musically now? I just I just want to hear great songs because the one thing I did learn in the music business is it don't matter how dope you are. It matters if you make great songs or not. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't Especially matter. Especially this day and age. Do you it ever feel some kind of way the fact that the lyricism is kind of gone? Um, I, I, I do and I don't. And, and the reason why I don't is because the reason why so much lyricism is gone is because music has become microwavable. So if music is quick and it's, and it's gone quick, if it comes quick and it's gone quick, pause, then... Good pause. Then the person who is the buying public, who's accepting the bullshit, y'all are type, y'all are damn near fifty percent of the reason. Because if you accept bullshit and you keep paying for bullshit, they're gonna keep giving you bullshit, and shit's gonna get worse and worse. Ooh, 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 ooh. I mean, think about what some of the things that you're seeing and some of the dudes who are out here making money. It's scary. I mean, look at the, uh, you know, I mean, designer with Panda went triple platinum. Yeah. I mean, that's a hot fucking song. Right, it's a good song. I mean, Fetty Wap had an interview where he said that he can't even recite a Biggie or a Jay-Z rhyme. Like, 
how does that make you feel? Like the fact that the the new generation doesn't really pay homage or even appreciate those who came before them. Here's here's the thing. Rap, um, from the beginning, was a contact sport. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you took the contact out of it, nobody cared about it the way that they did. And as soon as people started being paid well to rap, it changed the way people looked at this contact sport. Because the money changed all of rap. Mm. Because you weren't rapping before before money came. You were emceeing. Right. And then the money came and you had to become a rapper. And once you became a rapper, the thing that this that 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 was that this that we built this hip hop thing started to become you know like compartmentalized. DJs are the reasons there's rappers. There there shouldn't be a rapper ever signed without having a DJ signed next to him. Right. There shouldn't because DJs are the reason there's rappers. True. Because if they didn't have something to rhyme to, they wouldn't be rhyming. And we don't give, yeah. We gave them Acapulco. that. So and then, yeah, don't but, you dare come with a request either. Yeah, I don't know about all that. But so if you take out the aspect that you had to be good, then it's just going to start and keep getting worse because you don't have to be good. You just have to make a good record. Why? Because the money became the in, the, 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 the most important thing and you became rappers. And what the record labels wanted you to do was make a good record. So you didn't have to be amazing. You had to make an amazing record. And it's not that hard. Especially now, since it's so microwavable. Sure, and there's no, there's no. I mean, look at it. You, you would have never had the problem with Nas. There wouldn't have been no demo. You would have heard it on Twitter, or you would have seen it on right. a fucking uh, right. a, a jump stick. Or you there's, know. there's no, <laughs> there's no, no governing. Reels. There's no yeah. governing in rap. So when you look at, when you start to look at the history of the way this is going down, there was no other music that was a contact sport. Mm. So when a new rock artist comes out, you can go. What's Aerosmith's second album, the third cut on the fourth on the second side? They can tell you exactly what it is because mm -hmm. they study the 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 thing. They study the music and they want to know the history of the music because we lost so much control of of what it is. We don't educate the youth on the history of our music, and when we start to, it becomes oh he's old school. Oh, you don't know what you're talking He's about. Cause you, or, you know, and so there's a bunch of kids, people that are disgruntled. And I think what happened in this music too quick, it was way too much money, way too fast. So it kind of like separated the ones who were making the records from the people who were helping build what was happening in the first place. So those guys were getting money. All of these rappers are getting money and the DJs aren't getting money and the breakdancers aren't getting money. So now there's this disgruntled feeling between the guys who were creating hip hop in the first place and the dudes are getting money. And then they feel like it's fucked up because y'all are shitting on the culture. Now, how are you shitting on the culture by elevating the music? You're not. It's just that you're not teaching the culture. You're just going, oh, there's money. I can make money for rapping. There's motherfuckers who should never rap and they rap and they make money. And they have red dreads, and they on the double XL cover. But we're not gonna talk about them. Yeah, but I, listen. One thing I do like about Quark is being an older, older dude, being an elder statesman mm -hmm. in the game. I will say this: you, you never came off as ever being closed-minded. No. If you heard something dope from a young dude, yeah, 
you wouldn't shut the fuck up about it well, because that's what you do. Here, here's the thing. Like, I don't consider myself this hip-hop dude. I consider myself a music guy. But so you have you, an ear. You have an ear. But what I'm saying is if I consider myself a hip-hop dude, then I'll close my mind I'll close my mind to everything, and I'll only look at it one way. If I consider myself a music guy, I'll be able to see what's there. I listen to every record that comes across my email, my, 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 a crate, no matter what, because you never know what you'll find. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate all music. If you can appreciate all music, you can figure out how to play it better than the next person. I don't love hip hop. I love music. Mm-hmm. I don't love DJing. I love music. But in hip hop, unfortunately, and we speak about this so many times, um, but this is one of the few genres that gets, like you said, pushed to the side where if you stuck up for something tomorrow, right, mm-hmm. that made sense, maybe you were talking about a certain rapper or whatever, and you said something. There's going to be people coming at you that may say, hey, what is he? No, he, he's washed up. Or he don't do this or this. Keep in mind, when, when artists get older, unless they have this type of tour, like an old school tour, nobody's, people are like, what are they doing? They're washed up. Meanwhile, I always say this all the time. Barry Manilow's touring right now. Kenny Rogers touring. All the people in the fucking stands aren't like, hey, Donna, Barry's washed up. What the fuck has he done lately? They don't say that. <laughs> you don't understand why? Well, go ahead. Because... Hip-hop is a culture that came from the youth. So as you keep growing, it's almost like you grow out of it. But the thing is, you shouldn't grow out of it if you built it. Mm-hmm. If you're from before it, you look at it and you're going, what the fuck, I hate this. That, because that's what happened with rock and roll. People before rock and roll were like, what the fuck, I hate that music. It's so much loudness and it's and it's this and it's that. You know what I'm saying? They had their feelings towards it, the ones who came up before it. But the people who were in it, they just stayed in it. Now, the thing is, this thing comes from the youth and it was so youthed out and it was so urbaned out that it's almost like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm touching that shit. That's why the culture isn't what happened. It's the music within the culture that happened. So most people are looking at this rap shit going, oh, man, hip hop is fucked up. No, hip hop's not fucked up. The music that lives in hip hop is fucked up because hip hop is not a music. Hip-hop is a culture. Rap is the music that lives within the culture. Breakdancing is the style of dancing that lives within the culture that came from our culture of hip-hop. And thotting is the activities that go with the girls. No, that's just the shit that hoes do. Now, um, drinking margaritas, Budweiser. What's funny is DJing before hip-hop was DJing. Sure. It's just that there's a certain style of DJing that came through hip-hop. So... Does that make me not a, a, a DJ if I can't say that? I'm, I can't really say I'm a hip-hop DJ because I was DJing before the term. Mm. I'm just a DJ. I just happen to be able to play hip-hop really well. But I can play R&B and house. Hey, listen, and yeah, I heard you play Nirvana, you know, uh, Bon Jovi. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is... I love Steely Dan. So do I. His music is incredible, Pop. as a matter of fact. But what I'm trying to say is... If the if 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 you don't understand the thing, you're not gonna want to even touch it. Pause. Good pause. You know, um, actually, before we close out that last um, thing that we were talking about with Big and Jay on uh, Brooklyn's Finest, how would they make a song like that and then not have a hook? Remember you saying that you're the one because oh. you're the one on the hook. But how the mm. fuck? Would they like? How would he spit his? You know his his verses. Let big you know get on it, 
and there's no hook. And not, did they not care? Well, I'm not going to say it was that they didn't care. It's just they expected me to scratch something. And I had like 30 records with Brooklyn words and Brooklyn like lines in it. And I scratched everything and nothing sounded right. The only thing that sounded right was Old Dirty Bastard when he went Brooklyn too. So I just went Brooklyn, Brooklyn. And that's the only thing that sounded right only in the section where it was. So it didn't sound right everywhere else. Mm. Like if if you ever heard the, the master, mm-hmm. you would go, he scratched 1,000 records. Mm-hmm. It just didn't. The beat didn't sound good scratched to. It just didn't sound good. So it was... Look, I've scratched everything. Jay, I need a hook. Uh, I'll be back. And then he leaves. And then Big, 20 minutes later, yeah, I'll be back. And I'm calling him, like, hours. Dog, we need a hook. Where y'all at? Come back. Come back to the studio. We need a hook. We need a hook. We need a hook. One, two, three, and two in the morning. Dame goes, yo, make a hook. I'm like, you heard me. I scratched everything in the fucking world. Nothing works. He was like, just say a hook. (laughs) <laughs> you have to understand we were so cavalier and not giving a fuck that it was say a hook so i'm sitting at the at the the board and i'm just listening to the record back and forth and back and forth and then i hear um jay-z biggie small nigga shit your jaws brooklyn going out to all and i was like aha so i took the line yeah and then i just started building off of that and it was brooklyn so i wrote down a bunch of sections of brooklyn so every time the hook went by, I was like, Crown Heights, Flatbush. Brownsville, Flatbush. Like, I'm shouting out. Yeah. They're like, I'm just like, please don't don't not have enough sections of Brooklyn to say. Because, like, I don't know. I don't do this. You're I don't like do Burrow hooks. Park, Bensonhurst. But yeah. I'm in the booth and my engineer, and I'm saying, can you please change the way the voice sounds? Because if they know it's me, it's never going to happen. So we changed the way the voice sound as much as possible. You could tell it was me saying the names of the cities, but you really couldn't tell it was me on the hook until you go, all right, that's me on the hook. And then they're like, oh, shit. But so we finished mixing the record, hook and everything at like eight in the morning. And at nine in the morning, it was a mastering session for the album. So we go to the to the to the mastering session and we have this record that no one's heard but me and Dane. Because Dane was in the studio till it was done because he had to go to master. So he takes it and Biggs and Jay and Dame is there. And that's the first time they heard it. And they were like, oh, that shit is dope. Oh, that shit is dope. And I'm just like, yes, yes. Because <laughs> I'm scared to death. Sure. So, you know, it gets mastered. Record gets put in order. And then it was, yo, Clark, who's that on the hook? <laughs> I don't know. Some guy. And some guy. And Dame never said nothing. So then Jay was like, no, who's that on the hook? And I was like, it's me. He was like, didn't we tell you you're not supposed to rap? You ain't no fucking rapper. And I was like, you like the shit. You like it. It's a good song. Everybody likes it. Watch. Everybody's going to like it. And everybody liked it. So that was the the lucky part. Because if he didn't like it, at mastering, it's going in the garbage. Yeah. So an hour before we're making a decision on an album, a song with him and Big might not have been on the album. Wow. That's crazy. Another song that was supposed to be on the album, we couldn't find the dat for. That never got on the album. But we were so cavalier, it was like, all right, fuck it. That's it. That's all we got. Okay, that's fine. 
Like, no, remember the other record? Remember Tell Me How It Feels? We ain't got the record. We need the dad. We can't. They're like, ah, oh, fuck it. Not that. Sure. It was like, ah, oh, fuck it. And I'm just like, no, no, it, it can't be all oh, fuck it. We got to figure this out. <laughs> what about um, Cashmere Thoughts? Cashmere Thoughts was done in, in, uh, in my house. Really? Yeah. I built a studio in my house because I was tired of going to studios and putting Jay in the studio when I was remixing somebody's record. So if I was doing a record for Glenn Jones, I'm like, yo, Jay, come get on this song. He comes and gets on the song. I finished the record early. What are we doing? I'm recording Jay. I'm making songs on Jay. So I was abusing people's um, studio sessions to record Jay. And then one day I was just like, I'm going to just build a studio so we can work in my house. And, like, I know it sounds, you know, weird now because I'm a DJ and I'm a producer, but the only reason why I built a studio was to make records on Jay. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, this is what we're going to do because I'm not going to go broke trying to figure it out. I'm going to do it in my house. I'm going to build a studio. Fuck it. And we did. I mean, I did, and we just recorded in my house. So Cashmere Thoughts, when we did it, it was supposed to have Jay, Sauce, and and uh, Jazz on it. The name of the song, Cashmere thoughts the reason why it's called cashmere thoughts is because it was the thoughts of cashmere jones Mm. that was jay's alter ego for this album we were gonna do with jay sauce and jazz being pimps Mm. that's why bleak's name is memphis bleak it sounds like a pimp's name another one was um gator making easy money pimping hoes in style well hey Memphis. But be yeah, Memphis Bleak. Like, why would his name be Memphis? Why did that never, ever come to light? Because we were too... Things just got too busy doing Jay shit. Like, understand me. Like, it, it would have been some hell shit. Minnesota... I think um, Sauce name might have been Minnesota something. Another one was Gator something. And <laughs> Cashmere, Cashmere Jones was Jay's alter name so that's why the song was called cashmere thoughts it was me in the beginning talking to him we're talking like pimps and then he says his rhyme and like i said it was supposed to be two other verses by jazz and sauce and we never got to so when it came time and we're looking at it going it's too short pause like jay was like i'm gonna do another verse and that's what happened just did another verse and there you got cashmere thoughts man the the story the stories are endless. We could be here for fucking days, you know. You know, it's funny. I want to switch over to sneakers, and with you saying in hip hop how you know, you know, it's youth and 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 how the game changes. And do you feel the same thing happens in sneakers? Well, I think um, this sneaker thing is kind of crazy. I, th- I think I, mean, I, th- I think it's kind of crazy because I don't know anybody who doesn't have a pair of sneakers. So what's really happening here? You understand what I'm saying? So like, yes. if everybody has sneakers, why is it that everybody's going so crazy for sneakers? I think people, <laughs> people, especially people in the sneaker culture, I think they forget that people wear sneakers all around the world. Right, but but not only that. Um, like when I was young and I was buying two and three pairs of the same sneaker, this is I'm talking like. 13, 14, 15, every time I bought a sneaker, I bought it twice. Mm-hmm. So I've, I had a lot of sneakers when I was 12, but like a lot. You know what I'm saying? A lot for a ghetto kid from Crown Heights. Like if I had 40 pairs of sneakers at one time, it was almost like insanity. Like what are you doing with that much sneakers? But still, 
I did. And I never stopped buying sneakers. So it for us, it was we want to be as fresh as the older dudes. Like it was a guy on my block. There was three of them. Ishmael, uh, Jonathan Pratt and Rolando Scott. I don't think I've ever seen dudes fresher than them. At that age, really? when I was young, they right. were the freshest dudes in the world and their sneakers were always brand new. So to us, when we're 11, we equate being fresh to having a brand new pair of sneakers. Sure. So what do I do? I buy sneakers all the time because you could wear the same jeans and a white T-shirt sure. and be fresh if your sneakers are always new. And it could be the same fucking jeans. And you know it's the same jeans, but you're not going to say he's dirty the because sneakers, the sneakers are clean. Change, yeah. His sneakers fixed it up. His T-shirt could be dingy, but his sneakers are fresh. So he's fresh. But we lived by that. We lived by your sneakers had to be new. You had, they had to look new. They had to look new. So this thing that I'm on isn't because, oh, somebody got an exclusive. If that's the case, like, I would have to give away, like, 90% of my shoes because 90% of my shit ain't exclusive. Yeah. I just like sneakers that look right. But I mean, in this day and age too, I think you, you held the crown of, of having an amazing collection for so many years. But in this day and age, I feel like there's people pause, but coming right behind you, you know, that that have that have plenty. Like you know, even Mayor, like you know, Mayor has a great collection. Yeah, but, but Mayor was on on the same shit sure, that I was. The, pause. The, sure. When he, he it was about be, Mayor's from the Bronx, man, and he's from he's about being fresh. Sure, of course. That's where he comes from. When you got a little bit of money, like the first thing you do is get sneakers. You get sneakers, you get some clothes, and you get some jewelry, and then you should buy a get car. Get a car wash, get a haircut, get, get a blow job. Yeah, but what I'm saying, like, it starts with sneakers. It always does if you're about being fresh. That's the reason why Dapper Dan didn't only make clothes. He put checks on sneakers sure. because it was about sneakers. First. You get dressed from the ground up if you're fresh. Sure, feet first. Only if you're fresh. If you're not fresh, you might start... At your fucking wristband or some stupid mm, shit. Headband. You know what I'm saying? Headband. Like, why mm. did you start with that ridiculous ass fucking Reebok headband yeah, and yeah. then throw and then do some dumb shit like throwing some yeah. felines? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Or Mizunos. They, but still, like, they're not thinking it all the way out. But if you are about being fresh, you're thinking from the sneakers up. But what do you think about, like, you know, when we grew up, right? I was telling someone that, you know, I used to work a paper route. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to get sneakers... You know, I had to, like, beg my parents and then give them half of, you know, whatever I made. Yo, listen. No, but keep in mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. When I was nine, I bought my first pair of sneakers. No. Yeah, I bought my first pair of sneakers myself when I was nine. And it was a $9 pair of sneakers. And I had to take a, a bus to a flea market to buy them. So they were probably irregular sneakers, which we never even knew what irregular meant when the shit was stamped yeah. irregular. Yeah. We didn't know. We were like, I got a new pair of pro kids. Fuck all y'all. Mm -hmm. Cool. It took 50 cents to get on the bus to go down to Glenwood Flea Market where you risked your life to buy a pair of $9 sneakers to come back. You know where we got that nine, that $10 from? We got that $10 from cleaning out somebody's basement who lived next door who would pay us to clean his basement out every week. Like, how the fuck you dirty your basement every week? And he would, he would pay us to clean out the basement every week. I didn't give a fuck. I'm cleaning your basement for that $10 every week I bought a pair of ProCats. Mm-hmm. So imagine what my pro collection was like. I mean. But I did it because the older dudes was wearing pro kids. I was like, oh, that's what y'all wearing to be fresh? I'm going to be fresh too. And, and it's going to be cheaper than yours because you're not going to the flea market because you think you're too cool. But you know what's so crazy? You grew up in that pro era, that toothbrush, clean them. 
Yeah. Oh, for sure. Now you look at it like these kids are growing up in Yeezy Boost three fifties, and they spray them with crap. No, nah, but their mothers are buying them for them. Like, true, the, true. But the, the understand first of all, me. Shout out to all the sneaker moms because I know it, it can't be easy. But understand what I'm saying. Easy. Like we were buying shoes that were irregular for ten dollars. I mean nine dollars. But mothers are buying three hundred and fifty dollar sure. Yeezys for I'm their kids. Like that just sounds like insanity strong. when you think about it. I already I, told my daughter, there's no check to be you. Like you're not a Kardashian. Your last name is not Carter. Yeah, but you pressure. You have to get these Dora sneakers. But, yeah, the, but, but the pressure I don't that know happens. Pressures. I hear you. No, but the pressure will come. <laughs> yeah, the, it's not, what I'm saying is the pressure, the, kitchen, kids, no pressure. the pressure of these kids is, is that the world is trying to make them believe if you don't have that, that you're not. That's oh. why I love living in Hell's Kitchen. I've never felt like that. Like, when I used to go, I remember, like, Easter, when I would go to Harlem, like, all these craziness about outfits and clothes. But when I would go home, like, no one cared. Like, my friend's sneakers were dirty as hell, where her family was rich as fuck. Like, it did not matter. Mm-hmm. So I never, like... Yeah, but you, because you, you wore jellies. You wore jellies. Yeah, but, but even fresh, now, I don't fresh, even, like, I have fat foot. I like New, I like new Balance, and I like Skechers. Wide? You like a fat, wide? Fat... Pause. Well, no, 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 pause. I she can't like it wide. wide. Why can't she like it wide? You can, but you can't ask it like that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Think well, about it. Okay, okay. You ask. Okay. I'm not asking you anything okay. like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I was telling the same thing to Mayor. Like, knowing Mayor's story, like, his whole collection is kind of derived from his, like, self-esteem issues because his mother got him a cheap pair of sneakers and people laughed at him. Like, um, and, he and, equate, and that's where like, I was like going back said, to. Like, what I was going back to was, like, it was something to have a fresh pair of sneakers mm-hmm. in the hood. And think about this. If that's what your aspirations are for when you're 9 and 10, and it did something for you, how does that automatically go away? If you're nine looking at Rolando and you're looking at Ishmael and you're looking at, at uh, Jonathan Pratt and you're going, God damn, they sneakers is fresh. But you the little guy on the block or one of the little guys, the only way the other little guys around you are going to be like you're special is if your sneakers is as fresh as theirs. Especially when they're going, woo, we see you with the pro kids. Oh, the <laughs> older guy said it? Fuck all y'all dudes my age. I'm one of the older guys. Yeah, in that respect. But you look at it this way, too. But it was a pair of $9 sneakers, B. So my thing is, think about it. It was a $9 pair of sneakers that changed the way that everybody on the block looked at you. Pro kids. Right, but it, it, it wasn't the brand. It was the fresh sneakers. So I never didn't want to be fresh. Never. So, like, when you ask who took those pictures from back in the days, it wasn't, like... I was doing it for them. I was doing it because it was so inbred in my mind to stay fresh. That <laughs> no, no, of course, of course you weren't. Stay fresh. Of course, I like that. Of course you weren't. <laughs> pun intended. Of course, right. of course, Absolutely. Of course you weren't doing that. I never got. But fresh. think about how dope that is. That never. You're, now you could show these pictures. You know, even yeah. like somebody like Dallas Penn. He, I'm like, who the fuck was around you taking these pictures? He has so many no, pictures you don't understand. when he was a kid. I know Dallas. I don't have no pictures. I know Dallas for a long time. I don't time. either. I know Dallas for a long time. Dallas was a young boy when he used to come to the clubs that I was DJing yeah, he, at. He always and he was that, yeah. always on that polo shit. No, like, but what I'm and what's crazy is, is, I was always on the polo shit, but you wouldn't look at it and be like, oh, he's a lowhead. You would be like, well, he was always on some fresh shit. But he, who's like maybe a few years younger than me, Grew up in the low life era. I was looking at the low lives like, dog, I'm older than y'all. 
But I wasn't really. I just was running with older dudes right. who looked at low lights like, y'all still polo? Yeah, well, we buy I'm that. I'm a trick dad of hell. No, no, no. know this polo. We buy that shit. Why? Because yeah. we're over here getting this money. We see you stealing. I see you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Low lights is from around my hood. They from St. John's. Original low lights is from St. John's and Crown Heights. I watched them. I watched them. Like, yeah, y'all still polo. I buy that shit. It's cool. I'm getting money. But ain't nobody going to be stealing at your event. When is that? No, no, no. We don't play that. September 17th. Um, like I said. That? September 17th. Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. I want to go. I want to go, Pete. You, you're all invited. Okay. Oh. Well, we appreciate that. But listen, we want the internet to come out. You know, September 17th, Ultimate Sneaker Expo. What's the website, Sherrod? UltimateSneakerExpo.com. Okay. Listen, don't fall asleep on us. We're going to wanna need you to drop them bars in a second. Yeah, yeah we're going to make you spit real quick. Pause. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yo, sometimes, yo, sometimes uh, I be saying some shit. Quack, look at me like I'm crazy. Not only now, <laughs> o- o- over the years, but uh, what time does it start on Saturday? Starts uh, at twelve o'clock. Twelve to six. And so, don't be on CP time. Be extra white. So be there at eleven fifty-five. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of that around there, so they'll be on time. And and Camillo <laughs> is DJing, right? Yeah, he's one of the DJs. Uh, Trace is DJing. Uh, Fat Fingers is DJing. Sherrod is DJing. Hey. Juanito too, right? Juanito's DJ, yeah. The tallest Mexican. Okay. Yeah. Juanito's a good kid. I like him. No, I like him too. He's a I good like dude. Him. Um what what else is uh, going on? Any giveaways, any type of things? It's just gonna be dope. It's just gonna be a super, super dope show. A lot of people come out. The difference is is that we're gonna have a lot of retail locations there too. So a lot of these shows you're gonna have just the traders or just the resellers. But a lot of retailers support us and that's a that's a big part of what we do. Yep. So a lot of stores. A lot of stores. Okay, so BX okay. Sports has been a supporter of us since day one. Exit 36 has been a supporter of, since day one. Uh, FCS has been a supporter since day one. And it's hard in what we do to have retailers come and support you. But retailers have always been behind us. That's that's a great part about our show. Where do you? And they're selling stuff on sale, which is crazy. So you might catch a deal. True. It's not just you know people trying to do you for extra money and, and, and making you know, stupid money on the sneakers. Like these retailers come in and, and do closeouts, which is unheard of. No, I've, I've been shows. I've been to one or two of them, I think. Uh, but uh, you know, I liked it. It was it was a good atmosphere, a good vibe. See, keep in mind, somebody like me, you know, and I'm sure other people think this. I've been to so many sneaker events all over the world. In my mind, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to see different? So I like going there for the vibe of it, for how people like how it's presented. Mm-hmm. If there's, if the people I fuck with are cool, and I like the support. And that's what I like to do, it, you know, because in this day and age, what are you going to, you're going to show me a fucking sneaker? Like, fuck, you got to feel that way. Even though I, you still go crazy for things. I don't know. As I get older, <laughs> I'm like, fuck, man, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I, I, I look at my garage and say, man, I may, maybe I have 500 pairs, but I'm wearing the same sneaker for the fucking two weeks in a row. What am I doing here? You chilling. I'm losing it. You chilling. Yeah. You chilling. You setting Tristan up. No, it's not about that. I'm just saying I get comfortable. <laughs> you want pawn get, all your sneakers. Don't worry. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, where do you, besides Long Island, is there something else that you want to take it on the road or something? Uh, we haven't decided that yet. I mean, Long Island is just a great place for it. You know, like Clark said, we never wanted to do it in the city just because out of respect for the people that do. Right. The city I, I fuck, Can I ask something about that? I wanted to ask that mm-hmm. earlier. Because, like, the hip-hop culture comes from, like, the competition. Like, you know, like, right. being the best in that industry like so why not come for those people pause because i'm a dj first put the best dj up next to me see what happens 
Ow. Body. If you if you wanna if you wanna say where the competition at, the competition's on turntables. You put him next to me, he's dead. So you gonna let them have the shoes because they're gonna feel defeat. Yeah, do do the show. Yo, you so when stupid. it comes to that DJ hat. <laughs> no, yeah. but what I'm saying is that's where my edge is. My edges ain't ain't ain't. You got edges? To... Let me see. Lift your hat up. Chill. What I'm saying is I'm not here to compete with these guys because I respect it so that's much good. and. Like, I truly do look at it differently than most of these kids because I'm not a kid. So because of that, and then you add on the fact that I have respect for these dudes, I'm trying to do it in a way that doesn't harm anybody. That's nice. So Long Island looks at us and they love us because we'll do it in Long Island when anybody else is trying to do it where there's... Yes. More, more city or whatever. And you realize this is something we do on the side of everything else that we do. Yeah, that's the and other part. Co- like this isn't. Yeah, this but you never know. You never this know. This your side bitch. You right, are doing but collectively, collectively between Clark's schedule and our schedule. This is our. This is supposed to be our fun project. Right. So if it stops being fun, yeah. we can't do it. Right. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if we take it to the city, it's just not fun. Then it's like super duper business. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, nah, B. <laughs> let me let me play some parties. Let me consult some brands. If you want, want to do business, let's do that. But every you know, you know what I like about Quark, um and and Sherrod, You know, you, you done events with Adidas. You consulted with Adidas. You consulted with Nike. I feel like too many people in this day and age, you know, that I speak to. Like I remember being at an event for Adidas in L.A. and a Jordan PR dude came through because we were in town. People like us, you know, were, were in town and. And he was like, oh, are they here? Are they going to see me? I'm like, what the fuck? What do you think? Is it Bloods and Crips? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> people are so worried about, well, I work for Nike. You know, <laughs> I don't want to see the other people. Adidas, like, you know. But they well, really like, work well, for the brand. But, well, but, here, but keep in mind, here's a guy who's been able to work with both sides. Pause. He's been able to do that. And I feel like. And New Balance. And New Balance, and, and, and a whole bunch of other brands, and, and, and none, and, we and, love and, and New you know, Balance. That, and you know, sometimes these brands are petty. Sometimes they can't be that with Clark, though. They, they can be whatever they but want. Wait. He, he's he, he's he, witnessed he, them try though. Oh, but I'm saying, so I'm around Clark every day, or every few days we, we're on the phone, and we're talking about it. And Clark has schooled me on a lot of the business side of things. That's why I continue to flourish with brands like Adidas, and we we continue to do projects. But at the end of the day. When you're independent and you really are about it, you could do whatever you need to do. So if Clark is running around doing designs for Adidas, doing designs for Nike, and they're about it and he's about it, then what's the problem? There's really no problem with it. They're cool and everyone's cool. So it just makes sense to do it. The funny part about about uh, that is that the only brands that really have that oh my god what are you doing what are you doing over there is nike and adidas you know what i'm saying like i dropped a shoe in new balance put out 75 pair everybody went crazy and it was a new balance shoe nobody said shit and it was a dope shoe and it was fire you know what I'm saying? It wasn't good. It was, it was so fire. It's super yeah, comfortable. Super comfortable. I bet it is. <laughs> like, D- you talking about the DJ uh, yes. shoe? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm not a DJ. I wouldn't know. But, uh, I mean. So it was like a good shoe I to mean, stand. I mean, but that happened. Stand up all day and it's have just to, a, like, do, It was a dope, like, comfortable, comfortable shoe. and Light. Colorway is wild. The colorway the color no, 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 matched. It was a dope shoe. I remember yeah. the shoe. But, but my thing was, like, nobody said shit. But soon as... Um, I did a, a shoe with Russell Banks and with Quick Strike. People at Nike were like, yo, what's going on there? I'm like, yo. Yo, is Quick Strike coming back? It might. 
We're doing stuff. I feel like uh, Complex is like, oh, if you ain't fucking with Hot Ones, you know, they're on a different wave. I love Hot Ones. And you know what? It, although although I did I did my cook strike, you know? Mm-hmm. I did like it. I feel like um, by the time you guys, you know, do it, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're basically reporting news, you know, that everyone else is, you know, people, I feel like it wasn't supported as enough. And See, that's the, my opinion. The thing is, we actually were reporting what we were reporting the day before it came out. Mm-hmm. So that it didn't seem like we just had this access. It was like, oh, we're gonna talk about some shoes. They drop tomorrow. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because if you tell everybody about all the access, then it becomes unfair. And because I have so much respect for the game, I'm trying to be fair all the time. Let me let realistically, you don't think I have the shoes that come that's coming out in October? Of course, but there's so, certain things so you my have thing, to you can do. But I can do it. But, yeah, but I don't. You, you know what I'm saying? You got to no, I won't ruin nothing. Hold on, hold on, the thing hold on, is, hold on. the thing is, the, gotta... the situations that I'm in, it, it, it can't ruin it because they they wouldn't have put it in my hands. But that's not true. I've gotten stuff. That's you. Wait, but hold on, hold up. I got, but but you haven't done it. No, not because I don't care to. Because I'm not. I'm not trying to stun on nobody. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm different to it. I just want the shits to be brand new. Listen. So like, really, who's wearing fucking um, military forts? Who's wearing military fours? No, Nobody. I, I know that, but what I'm saying is there comes sometimes there comes things to it. Like meaning like hey, I'll give you an example, right? If I'm if I got something early, if I got something super early, I'm usually being told don't don't post these but hold them mm-hmm. until a certain time. I hear that. I gotta respect that. If I do that, mm-hmm. if I just say and put them on Instagram just to be thirsty, right? I could lose my connect for that. I hear you. Right? So hear that, right? Hear that out. That means your connect's not the guy. Okay. But hear me out. Even if the connect's not the guy. Right. Think about it. You understand what I'm saying? No, no. I understand what you're saying. Okay. But what I'm saying is how many times are you going to do that before the guy's like, yo, what are you doing here? Because if they want you to do that, they're going to give you every shoe too early. Well, Think about, think about it. Don't think about it. No, when he go in that phone booth and he turn into Superman, he gonna have them sneakers that's coming out in December because he feel like it, and they ain't gonna say nothing because he gonna get on the phone with the man that's well, gonna get on the well, phone that's gonna get on the phone Obama, and they gonna press the red <laughs> button. That's what's gonna happen. Let me tell you something about Quark, right? Tomorrow, right? I'll post something on Instagram. She's coming with us. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Tomorrow, I'll post something on Instagram, right? That he doesn't have yet. You best believe my phone's ringing. Where did you get those? And who gave them to you? And now I got to give this fucking guy my fucking information. And he's going to call them up. And then they're going to be like, oh, you got to give him that give fake number, Pete. You got to give him yeah, the number the Foot yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody <laughs> post them sneakers. They be like, ah, Pete, you got the exclusive shit. I've had that Where'd you get before, those? And you, you give them the number of foot action. <laughs> I don't remember over what, but, you know. Because when I see good hair, I'm like, girl. Where did you get these bundles and who do I have to call? And if they give me a number that's from Malaysia, I just know that my guy ain't the guy. You're sick, yo. I'll tell you one thing. This is uh, definitely uh, going down in history as our longest episode. This but, is it. But it but it definitely had a lot of gems in it. It definitely, uh, you know, from everywhere from sneakers to music to culture to race. Uh, and I'm going to end it off on parenting and sneakers back. But, um What? I said, Whoa. Yeah, no, I'm gonna end it because I, I want to thank you. We don't want to see them again. <laughs> I want I want to thank you, um, Clark, for um, you know obviously we have a um, you have a son the same age as my daughter almost, mm-hmm. and then you have an older daughter. But I remember one time talking with you, and because 
having an older daughter. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, how do I even just like tell her certain things like, you know, like about life, sex, this, that. And you were like, yo, keep it real with her. And at first I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, she's young yet or she's only. And I went home. I thought about that shit and, and, and it inspired me to have talks with her way earlier than probably other parents For sure. have. And, and, and you know, I, I appreciate that. I remember just keeping it real with her to the point about everything from sex to the what point What you about, told her? It inserts? I told her to use a condom. I told her when a guy tells you when we put the tip in, don't How believe old it. Because she? Because try to shove the whole thing in. My um, daughter? When you were telling him to have the real no, combo. My daughter old? was 11. Oh, okay. So double digits, you start talking about real. Yeah. I'm still at storks. I'm not trying to put my 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 daughter out there. No, but I don't the mean day, it like that. The yeah. day she had her period, I was like, let me explain all of this shit to you right now. My- when I when I explained to her, like, if he says he loves you, he just wants some pussy. That's it. And I said it like that, so she understood. I wasn't trying to be this corny dude who was like, no, let me explain. This is the way. It- no. Let me tell you because I was super hood and I just wanted the pussy. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I want you to know that when he says this... This is what he means. So when she's coming home at 15 saying, this is what he said, what'd you do? Well, I know what he meant, so I didn't do this, or I didn't do that. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you're not real, they're going to learn the other shit from someone else. The same way I did. I learned everything that I learned outside. Nobody said it to me. And if I'd have heard it, I'm not saying things would have been different, but I'm a guy. You know what I'm saying? And in the world, it's a real double standard for girls and guys. So my thing is, nobody's telling their daughters actual fact so i'm gonna give her the actual fact i'm gonna tell you because i was a dirtbag when this is what he says this is what he means so when it happened to her she understood and she was going no pussy for you i'm gonna need you to have a conversation with my daughter i'm not doing that you don't have no daughter i do no, oh you do oh you have a she's kid seven. Oh. oh well and we're you think you're, it's close. With, it's we, close. You think I'm she's scared. gonna walk around He's, with a bunt with, with 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 a Georgia peach hanging out, well, well, big breasts, well, and not, and and somebody well, not slide wait, something up in there? Uh, I mean, what? What are you? What? Oh, 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 what? her. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, what are you talking about? You right? to, her you daughter? Like, what? Right? No, I was like, her daughter. You like, they made millions. Bigs made millions. We all about to be downstairs waiting for Pete. What what I what I was saying is like. The thing is, like, even mothers, they don't have the conversation properly. I told her that they got the cooties, and I told that's, her that's no, you can't tell them that because that's just gonna right make now, them go. Cooties is STDs. Under, I can't tell her un- STD. Absolutely, you can because if you don't, they're gonna think it's cooties, and then there's somebody's gonna see somebody put a booger on somebody and be like, "That's the cooties." Oh, that's all it is. But Let me get that dick. She's seven. I feel like you gotta like. I no, like, no, no, no. Yo, think about this. I, think about this. How long do something. kids go ga, 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 until you say, "Daddy, mommy." daddy mommy and that's when they learn things because you can't talk to them like they kids you know why because kids are the smartest people on the planet I have a baby genius listen to what i'm saying they're the smartest people on the planet until they learn to discern when they discern that's when they decide what they will learn and they won't learn so then they become dumb so my thing is don't give them a chance to become dumb mm, mm. there's no more after that there's no more after that. I oh, just can't be it. telling my daughter about no insertions. Yes, yes that's what you need to and do. And to my go get that banana. Let mommy show you how you put the condom on. Like I'm not ready for that. Well, like, just, no, there's there's levels to it, but that's you what I'm can't. Saying. But so what at I'm this saying point, is, but we yes, have cooties. no. The reason why you can't tell them is cooties 
is because of the fucked up world that we live in. She told me that her cousin told her that sex feels good and sex is good for your body. So I already had a moment where I was like, okay, I wasn't ready for this to have this conversation I mean, with my child. Okay. So I get it, but mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out because I do have a daughter. Like, how do. And her father is like a pushover. Like, he's a great dad, but he's like, she's daddy's little girl, so she can do so no is, wrong. So is, so is my and daughter. She's. she's. I'm going to need you to let him know. He going to have to tell her. Niggas ain't shit, and then when he says this, this is what he really means. Well, he needs to be able to put in his mind that somebody is going to want to screw his daughter. And if he can't put that in his mind, then he's not going to be able to speak to her properly. You understand what I'm saying? I do, and it's making me want to cry. And Well, don't cry. Listen, cry cry after the episode. All right. Um, I'll I'll tell you one thing, man. Even though this will be the longest episode we did so far... I I feel like we missed out on on so much. I didn't even go through just talking about like even you hearing Shine and then bringing him to <laughs> to Puff, right? You know? Nah, that's the funny part. I didn't bring him to Puff. What? I brought him to Sylvia Rohn. Okay. And, and yeah, she, that's just another story. A, you know, we, He's gonna you know have to come back. I'm gonna, have you, I'm gonna have you come back. You know, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna have you come back. You and Mayor. What's this? We do an episode. Wait. Oh. oh, bet. What? I'm, what is? I'm gonna have yo. Know, I'm gonna have you do an episode with me, you. Mayor and Miss Lissa. But there's a lot of things we can talk about, even Foxy Brown being your cousin. Yeah. We didn't speak what? about... What? We, yo. <laughs> we didn't speak about all the remixes. Yo, you were the original remix king, I feel like. Did he say he invented a remix? No, no, no. Clark, Clark. Let me tell you something. For people who don't know, he did so many remixes. Yo, he did remix on top billing. Yo, MC Light, yo, he did MC Light's uh, demo. Uh, demo. Who would have known that future family members of mine, <laughs> this fucking guy did shit on? She yo, used to come to my house after the club. Like, I know I know Lana yo, since well, she was a little girl. Is that Lana? Her, her first name was, yeah. So, he calls up her, her first name. Yo, Sp- but, that, but I know her. You're was real. That, what was her rap name? Sparkle? Yeah, Sparkle for a second. Yeah. Before MC Light? Before MC Light. I don't like, I don't like Sparkle. What's, what's funny is... Did she, do you ever told her that you, that you know me? No, no. Uh, you know, I only I only met her. She once had a, a friend. She had a friend. Um, was it Juliet? I think her name was Juliet. Pam. But, no, I think her name was Juliet. But that was, was her friend. Romeo? That was like her best friend. And honest, like I'm honest, like I was like I wanted to. You was her Romeo. Her. But she was like my friend rap, and I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. Y'all want to come to my house and show me? <laughs> and I want to unwrap some things. Now I was like, "Yo, just like I'm playing the club, you know. I don't get off until such and such. Four in the morning. I mean, five, four, four thirty-five in the morning. They're at my house after the club, and she starts to rap, and I'm like, "Oh shit, no!" But like, she really raps. So now all the thoughts that I had about getting at her friend was just like, "Yeah, yeah that don't matter." Yeah, let me work on this right here. And then I, 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 I like I had a drum machine, so I was making beats there. And the original demo beat for I Cram to Understand You, we did that night when she came to my house in the middle of the night. Really? Yeah. Yo, this some, listen, She's the homie, yo. You yeah. MC Light was have my to homie. come back. She hung out. I, I see so many pictures of her and uh, Pam from uh, Martin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Arnold? Sheena Arnold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yo, I see so many pictures of her, Natalie. You're so and... black. <laughs> yo, black people don't have no yo, respect for people's real names. Like, Martin. You want to know what's crazy? Like, when you're, Pimp. when you, when you're looking at who became famous and you know that uh, you used to come to the club or you used to be here, you used to be there. And 
and you're like, well, they're your homies. But like back in the days when you used to watch TV, you used to be like, oh my god, you're a superstar. But now you're like, well, that's my homie. But if you take two steps back, you're like, well, fuck, you're a superstar. Yeah. But you don't look at it that way because you grew up with them, or yeah. they were they were always hanging out, and that's the homie. You know, what that, I'm saying? that's why I'm saying before, even knowing you all these years, mm -hmm. uh, obviously, and us having respect for each other. But you know, more so when you start to do research, you're like, holy shit, you know, right. like, this motherfucker accomplished a lot. And yeah, I think that was, that was funny. Uh, me and Sherrod was driving one day, and he was like, yo, fuck, man, how many records did you do? And he had this playlist with a bunch of records that I produced, and one record went by, and I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and he was like, yo, dog, it, it has your name on it. You did it. Yeah, but the funny part was, like, I didn't remember shit. Like, and this, I was at another store one day, and this cat walks in, and he goes, yo, you remember me? And I'm looking at him like, I've Go never seen way. you ever in existence and he goes yeah i was the dancer at the jt video and in my mind I'm going, who the shit. fuck is Justin jt who the fuck is jt he was like jt swing it you 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 was in the wreck you was in the video and i was like oh shit didn't you do a song with the uh, who's jt the i want to know jt's this white guy that was signed to east west records when i was sitting there being an art. so oh, when it was shit. time to do the video my boy fresh gordon made the record on him and i did all the scratches so it was he says my name in the fucking record so i have to be in the video scratching you have to be in my next rhyme what's the crazy part is at that video, the photographer took a picture of me, and it was just a silhouette, and I was on the turntables, while back to the turntables, and the picture was so good, it became my promo picture. Now, I didn't remember that until this dude was like, yo, remember <laughs> the Swing It video? And I was like, Swing It? What the fuck is Swing It? I remember Skip It. I, I didn't remember any of that shit. And because I was, I was so baffled, like, last night I looked up the video and was like, why was I in this video? And I was in the video <laughs> scratching. And I was like, this can't be life. Was yo. that a regret? Any regrets? Nah, because I believe that anything that you do, whether it's good or bad, is is all part of the process. Mm. So I don't have no regrets. I've done some, some things that, that weren't you know that nice and i've done some things that were great and i've done some things that are just okay but if i didn't do all of the things that i did you we wouldn't even be here talking about that yeah hey listen it's a beautiful thing God you know bless. Hey, before before we go internet listen we're gonna skip uh i don't trust people we, we already did we're gonna skip ask pete internet you know how to get involved those will be back next week uh -oh. um, but for more so you know what you know what i want to do i want to leave you on this last question my man ray p is in the building um, I want to. He he came up with something that said you worked with the elites in the sneaker industry. Uh, wait, wait. Yeah, Ray P. You looking at like with the beard? I didn't Ray even recognize this yeah, Ray, Ray P. P. Listen, no, wait a minute. I'm not him on the way in. It was like that's Ray P. And I'm like, okay, I know what Ray P. is. Yeah, that's Ray P. But I didn't. You know what? We never know each. But we talked. Ray's on the house. Ray, I never we met talk. him personally. I never met him personally. Well, 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 but we talked. You'll meet him afterwards. Why are you in New York? Wings and all that. He came here to to, to drop into oh, this wonderful show. Okay. He's, yeah, he's, uh, he's here for his pop. But listen, okay. let's, let's end with this uh, question. I, I he wrote, no. You worked with the elites in the sneaker industry. Are there any sneaker dreams you've yet to accomplish? Because uh, you've done a lot of stuff in sneakers, with sneakers. Nah, it's just, I, I can't say. Uh-oh. Secure the bag. Nah, I, I got a lot coming. Pause. Really? Pause. Good pause. Good pause. <laughs> like, I, I've 
Yeah, it's a lot of brands. By like next year, you're gonna be like, God damn! Just you know send us a box. Okay. So, would you stop? See. Um, so, no, first no, no, of all, no, no. the squeaky wheel gets the oil. You don't ask, you don't get. Okay. Yeah, hey, listen, we said that in this Close episode. Mouth don't get fed. Hello, son. Al. We said that in this episode. Al. But some good things are coming. <laughs> Pause. Yes. Yes. Some good sneakers. Some good sneakers for sure. Really? Yeah. Um. Okay. I uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm. NMD. Ultra Boost one one two sneakers. Nah, see, you know how many times I've been asked to do a one one two on another brand. To me, that would be like utterly disrespectful because the reason why the one one two came out the way that it came out is because of the shoe it was on. That's 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 true, and to me, not true. I'm explaining to you why. I don't think I could do an NMD I, super. I, a a, a one one two superstar would look terrible. Uh no, a one 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 two uh, Ultra Boost would look good. I don't think so. I think so. I don't think I, so. You haven't seen it yet. Here's why. A, a real 112s have Nubuck, Elephant Print. Who's putting Elephant Print on a Adidas shoe? You do what you want when you popping. True, but I don't want to do that. Adidas? I don't, I don't want to put a, a 112 colorway on another shoe that's not a Nike shoe. Because to me, that would be like bastardizing something that I created it's for like a reason. It's like working on Beyonce's album and then turn around doing Carrie Husson. Who's Carrie Husson? Who's exactly. Wow. What the fuck is she talking about? You can't about? do that. She's he already made it happen. She's the best. She drank too much He already did it. Tonight. So it's like, why try to even recreate I, I, I will the Mona do, Lisa? I'll only do one one twos on Nike. Hello. Okay. That makes sense. But there are sneakers coming. Yeah. And uh, anything else? Any music? Yeah. He's in the studio with Jay. No, I'm not in the studio with Jay. No, don't say Jay. that. Then it's not. A no. But he did, he did ask, like, what do I have? So, hey, that means know. he's Never fishing. Know. He's, he's yeah, he was fishing. He's I mean, but it's all good because, like I said, he's he's my man. And if if I come up with something that I think is right for him, I'll give it to him. Pause. Uh, that's a very good pause because you you know you know, be careful what you're giving them. But uh, ultimate ultimate sneaker expo, yeah, September seventeenth, yeah. What time again, Sharon? Twelve to six. Twelve to six. Um, DJ Fat Fingers, DJ Monster. Camillo, Monster. DJ Fat Fingers is dope. Yeah, I seen. I love. I, lo- I, lo- I love the way job. he scratches. I love. Uh, dude is dude is entertaining. Mm-hmm. Dude is entertaining to watch. I mean, wait, we got somebody Ow. that good technically. We got somebody that good technically, and then we have Club King. Oh, Camilla? Yeah. Wait, uh, what does he say? Uh, uh, International warning, 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 And we got warning, DJ warning. Rara. Don't be leaving my man 20 grand out. Is, you ever have a DJ Rara? Oh, okay. That's what she's calling him. him. Oh, Sharara. And Sharad also, what's That's your name? That's Sharad, though. Like, he about to we'll get, get the party right. What's the name of your company too? DJ USA. Two companies. Well, yeah. we have a bunch of companies, but Ooh, DJ USA. Is talk like, that talk, Playboy. That's what I'm trying to tell you, get them. Talk that money DJ talk. What's your? Tell them about your two companies, B. Some event groups are other company. I started yeah. a lot of companies, closing Ooh, companies. Talk but, that talk, Playboy. Wait, you, you know, got another question, man? It's good to see you, Playboy. Just having fun with. Why are you talking you like right Diddy with? now? Why? He, why everybody gotta yeah, be Playboy I, now? Why he did that? Hold on, hold on one second, because I didn't get. About I, I, I didn't get his name's uh, Sherrod. I didn't get. Um, I didn't get I those websites. Do, I, I didn't just hear do. What you were I just saying. do a lot of things, man. Oh, like pause, B. Well, yeah, on, good, good pause. Behind the scenes. I know. Hey, yo. You know, we're what just involved in a lot of projects. So people go look. SMEventGroup.com. Okay. That's the website. That takes you everywhere else. Could but that be a post? He's not SM, right? 
No. no I'm just joking. I'm joking. Sales okay. and mechanics? <laughs> okay. Anyway. Sherrod and Manu. Anyway, Quark, I appreciate you. Thank you for... Thank you, too, you for, Rara thank, you for, thank you for just... Thank you for having me. I mean, because I know you could invite anybody. No, and no, I no. First it. of all, this it's great because when Sherrod called me and, you know, he, he wanted to... Uh, you know, he, he wanted to not only push the show, but I felt like it was great to be able to talk to you because it, it was going to happen anyway. Sure. And I was like, you know, I support and I feel like we're a bunch of friends who support everything that we do, you know, that we do, whether I'm doing something or you're doing something. And I think that means more than anything. Like, I love what y'all doing, you know, with this, you know, uh, you know, the sneaker event. Mm-hmm. But I really just love supporting people that I fuck with. Thank you. Know, we feel the same that. way, man. Yeah. That's, no, that's, and I, that's no, why we came through. Yeah, most definitely. And I appreciate that. And especially Quark, you already know. I mean, Premium it, P knows oh, I fuck with Premium all, P. All, all these years. Yo, Quark was coming to birthday parties back, back when he was wearing the burgundy leather jacket. That's when he was on WBLS? No, 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 no. Cock, I appreciate you, bro. I do. She got her Wikipedia jumping. I'm popping. Okay, Dan. Okay, okay, Blue. <laughs> Croatian style. Still one of the best collectors. Absolutely. Think. He's the best reseller ever. Okay. Like, I don't think anybody's going to be that ill. And, well, he's the illest reseller and then if you step away from reselling and just look at what he has in his closet, he's nuts. So, like, he's nuts. So, yo, I gotta have you back with Mayor, and we gotta have an episode. But I do he feel he might need his but own I do moment because Mayor is a mouth. But I do feel, I do feel that that like all day is untouchable. Of course, but 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 having said that, even though I feel like you're untouchable, I feel like that we're in a day and age where pause again. But there's people right behind everybody. <laughs> That accumulated their collection, and it's you, and it, and and you know, it's right. big it's for big. sure. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. I mean, there's um, a lot. Like, I guess what I'm saying is, it's evolving. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, if, if the thing is, like, it, it's, it depends on how you want to look at it. I I don't look at it like like um who got the this or who got the that. I'm just like, do you like what you have? Because if you don't like what you have, you should probably just get rid of it. Absolutely, get rid of it. One of the days. Right. Get rid of it. Don't hold on to it. Internet, internet. Thanks for staying with us for, for this entire episode. There was a lot of gems drop. Yo, like a drunken jeweler. There was a lot of information drop. There was drop, a lot drop, of sneaker drop. talk drop. There was a lot of. Uh, we're talking about um, different nationalities: the Indians, the Blacks, the Italians. We talk about everything, but most importantly, you know, what's the website uh, for the sneaker? UltimateSneakerExpo.com. Get in tune with that. Check it out. September 17th. You know, if you're in the New York area, go out to Long Island. There's plenty of uh, different opportunities there. Even if you're not even into sneakers like that, go check out what's going on. See something different. Open Network, your mind. You don't know. Yeah. Pete going to be in the building. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Let's coming through. I'll look. Rena going to be there. Got mm-hmm. Ra Ra Al on the set. And I the, cannot wait the, to hear you, DJ. And the chicken wings arrive. The wings are so here. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yo, Dallas Penn, man. Feel good soon, man. Quick, yeah, yeah. real quick. Please. Yeah, yeah. We got to hold on to him. Such you know, a great guy. Is, uh, the Polo Lord. Yeah, most definitely. Internet. we'll see you next episode. Cheer. Al.